Hello, everyone. Welcome into 88.9 The Bridge alongside Scott Pirak and Jack Derner. I'm Gabe Gosman here. We are 10 minutes away from kickoff for the Islanders game against Hazen High School on this Friday night. And what a pleasure to be joined by Jack Derner. He's actually right now, technically, as you're listening to this on the field, getting ready to play in the game. But we've got him here right now. He wanted to come on air, do some of the uh, the predictions that we do on the GPS show for the NFL games, and maybe give a little bit of, of advice to his future self uh, in about 10 minutes. So, Jack, starting off, who do you have winning the Seahawks game at home against the Tennessee Titans? They are, uh, our MIHS band is going to be playing at halftime of the game with Macklemore, which I really? think is pretty cool. And you didn't you see Macklemore? That was pretty yeah, crazy. I saw Macklemore and Nordstrom, but that was one of the wackiest experiences <laughs> of my life. I can't lie. Yeah, like, that's a crazy story. No, yeah, I won't go into it, bro. I can yeah, talk about that for an we'll hour. We'll get into that another, <laughs> another hour. Um, so who do you have winning? Titans come to Seattle, take on the Seahawks. Look, who do you think? Well, unbiased, unbiased, I have the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, Scott. The, the the Titans who, who they play the Cardinals they and they lost back they got yeah. back I mean Kyler Murray was playing like an MVP but yeah that's your quarterback yeah yeah that is my quarterback Eli Faye compares himself to Kyler Murray <laughs> he's not that quick <laughs> um, but uh, like I think after that loss and they have AJ Brown and Julio Jones so that's gonna be hard especially considering we have Trey Flowers yeah. Trey Flowers. Number one corner. Number one corner. I am genuinely confused how he is still in Dude, the NFL. What what happened? We had um uh, Witherspoon from the Niners, right? Yeah. And I think Trey earned the spot over him. Yeah, I think yeah. Didn't they trade happened. him too? Yeah, they traded they trade him for like a fifth round pick. <sighs> Man, that's crazy. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me, bro. I I could talk about Trey Flowers for an hour too. Yeah, we've got we've got plenty of seven periods off to talk about Trey <laughs> yeah. Flowers and Nordstrom. I hate segment. You, did you know that uh Cole um hate message Trey Flowers and, and and he responded and he and he resp- he asked to fight him and Trey Flowers said where no yeah oh, I swear to God bro wow Trey Flo- that Dude, could be a good story tell, that me that, be... tell me that's not the most Trey Flowers thing to respond to a 16 year 16 year old on Twitter who's hate messaging you bro <laughs> could you imagine uh, like you're in the, the NFL Seahawks, you go to Seahawks.com <laughs> and the first thing you see is Trey Flowers suspended suspended five games beating up 16 year old fighting Mercer Island high school student wow see that would actually be a good fight though I, all right, let's change it now. Finally, before we close out, who would win in a fight between Trey Flowers and Cole Drake? All right, I got something to say about this. Look. <laughs> Jack's like time to buckle Trey up. Flowers, is, he's tall. He's long, too, right? He's, he's, a, he's yeah. a Pete Carroll cornerback. Um, so he's definitely got the length, and he's an NFL athlete. We right. cannot sleep. What they say about Trey Flowers is that the reason he – uh, isn't performing well it's it's mental right it's it's his it's his reads and it's his lack of confidence he's a pure athlete he's a really good athlete right now we got Cole Drain he's a hoss uh, he's like two two ten you know six foot three I just looked Trey Flowers is six three two hundred three pounds oh my god that's a good matchup yeah wow and he's definitely quicker than Cole but I think Cole would pack a heavier punch really yeah, no, Cole would definitely. I mean, Cole could land a punch. He's in my steel drum band. Class. I don't He's know because Xander and Cole. Uh, f- I don't know if I should be saying this. You should say this. <laughs> okay, you know this. <laughs> my fault. My fault. What I've seen from Cole. He doesn't have the best hands, and I think Trey Flowers, considering he's a cornerback, he's you know he's constantly yeah. hand fighting. Right. Look, wow, I was gonna say Cole wins it, dude. Trey Flowers has got this. I think I'm gonna have to go with Trey Flowers. Yeah. Also, the, we sleep on the fact that even though they're not 
the best NFL athletes. They are NFL, NFL athletes. athletes. Like, all right, exactly. so I'm going to go with Cole Drayton because wow. I see him tomorrow's second period, and I don't want him <laughs> to try to take it out on me if I don't say him. So he would. I'm going with Cole Drayton. All right. So, Jack, in give me three words right now. It's, what, 6.54 p.m. You're, you're kicking off really soon to your future self. Three words as words of inspiration for when you go out there on the field. Just play, bro. All right. That's all I got to say. There you go. Just play. So with that, we're going to close it out. The pregame show is starting any minute now for the Islanders game against the Hazen Highlanders. So make sure you tune into that soon. And stay tuned here on 88.9 The Bridge. Are you ready? This is Islander football. Island Islanders football from 88.9 The Bridge. For tonight's edition of Friday Night Lights, the 1-1 Islanders will face off against the 1-1 Hazen Highlanders with only one team walking off the field tonight with smiles on their faces and a winning record. I'm Gabe Gottesman and for tonight's broadcast, I'm joined by Scott Pirak, Halen Ott, Will Pellerin, and Max Taylor. And with the rain coming down earlier today and a pretty gloomy night here on Mercer Island, it really does feel like we are in the heart of football season here in the jungle. The Islanders are coming off a thrilling game last Thursday night against Highline, where they won an overtime 27-21. to And when we talked with Jack Derner yesterday afternoon, he said that the close win felt a little sour knowing that they had the more talented team going into the matchup, but it was exciting nonetheless. Derner is leading Kinko in receiving yards so far in this young season, and I'm sure he'll be playing a huge role in tonight's game. And you can listen to Scott and I's interview with Jack at halftime of tonight's game as well. We are also expecting many of the Islanders' key players to return tonight after some were sidelined last week. So we've got a lot of fun ahead on this Friday night. And for Highline, they're coming off a 28 to nothing beatdown of Renton. And they look to continue that hot streak after falling to Roosevelt in their season opener. And with that, I'm going to start with Scott Pirak. I talked a little bit just a second ago about Jack Derner, who's had an amazing season thus far. But can you elaborate on Derner's role and what he's done to, to establish such a great connection with Eli Fahey and even at sometimes Spencer Kornblum, the backup quarterback, when he stepped in? Yeah, and in our interview, he obviously talked about the difference this year. He almost feels like he's not in the same condition, but he has increased his experience to the max. And, I mean, that's the thing with his senior year. And he's really seen it, obviously, as you said, he is leading Kinko in receiving yards, and that is a bigger stat than people realize. So I think going back to the main part of your question, he, as a pure route runner, as he calls himself, is finding ways to get open for his quarterbacks, make the easy throws, make sure he has enough space. And I think we'll see more of that tonight. I'm expecting him to get at least 100 yards in this game with a touchdown. And Halen Ott, pleasure to be joined by you this time around. After that overtime win they had, Last week against Highline, the Islanders, Jack told us they were, it's, it's pretty emotional this week in practice. Do you think that emotion will help the Islanders feel more confident, like they rallied together in overtime? Or do you think the energy is going to overwhelm them and, and they might come off a little bit sluggish to start out? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And um, I do not think they're going to be sluggish. I think that's actually a great morale boost, especially coming off with the win. That's a big deal. I think just as every other game, it's not over till it's over, and they fought through every minute. Absolutely. And Scott, 
I'm going to ask you this next question after kickoff is underway. The Hazen Highlanders wearing their blue helmets, donning the white shirts with the yellow pants, looking a little bit like MI's rivals, the Bellevue Wolverines, and in Mercer Island in their all-maroon jerseys. Number 17, Miguel Roja, is going to be the senior kicker kicking off to the Islanders. Garrett Rogan and Chase Shavey, two track stars back deep to receive for Mercer Island. And we've got, once again, a lot of fans here in attendance tonight, and I'm sure many more will be rolling in soon. The band here, Scott and Halen, if we're talking about the real stars, they might not even be on the field because the band is going to be performing at the Seahawks Stadium this Sunday with Macklemore and some other Seattle artists. It's, they're an That's impressive a big bunch, deal. I know. So is this, is just the, this is their pregame show. The, the, <laughs> our, our main event is just the pregame show for the Mercer Island Band, and we've got an interesting tactic going on. Actually, number 17, I mentioned, Miguel uh, Roja is actually not going to be kicking. Why, you ask? Because he's going to be the one sitting next to the ball, holding it with his index finger because it is a windy night, and it looks like number 28, Manuel Parada, is going to be the one kicking it deep, and with his left foot, he does so. It bounces at the 10-yard line. It's picked up there by Chase Shavey across the 20. Shavey's got running room across the 30, and he trips himself over at the 31-yard line. Scott, before the Islanders come out for their first possession of this game, Cole Drayton is expected to return tonight, and um, with that, he brings a lot, maybe the best player on this team. What, what kind of a role do you think he's going to play? Yeah, he has just been cleared medically, so we do expect him to be on some sort of snap count, so we won't see him on all the plays. But last year we even saw, too, he was one of the few juniors that was a starter, and that's because he is so dynamic, and his size and just his presence is something that's so hard to match. I think he's going to be a huge weapon for Eli tonight. Fahey fakes the handoff in the opening snap and passes it out wide to Garrett Rogan on a screen pass. He only gets a couple there, three yards. And and I'd like to add on to that before we get into the next play. I think the biggest thing Cole brings, though, is his enthusiasm. He's always known as that guy who's rallying up the team, and I think that's what we're going to see the most of. I think the team's going to be a little bit more energetic tonight than we usually see. I'll tell you what, he's in my steel drum band class, and and he can get our class. We are, ener- oh. we are energetic in that room. I'll, I can tell you, I can tell you that for sure. And he's the one usually leading the charge. Halen, both of these teams we're going to see. Uh, we already saw a pass in the opening snap. They are both very pass-heavy offenses, according to Nick Chitalis at lunch today. That's usually where I get my main source of information. <laughs> as we see a handoff down the middle for the Islanders, that will bring up a third down. How important is it for Mercer Island? Is it to continue this handoff that we see to number twenty, uh, Vincent Catano, the junior? How important is is it early to get the running game going for the Islanders? I think it's very important, especially when both teams know they're both very pass-heavy teams. I think it's going to be important to establish the run game because they haven't been practicing for this all week. They've been passing. Right. They've been working on uh, routes and stuff like that to stop the passing game. And we see a third down pass by Fahey just up and away of Garrett Rogan, who was going to have enough for the first down, but it sails out of bounds, and that will bring up a punt for Mercer Island. Number 51, Tommy the Fridge Frink back to, to boot it away to number 11 for the Hazen Highlanders. That is Jonathan Chavez. And before we get too far into this game, Scott and Halen, both of you, I need a pick to click the one player for the Islanders that you think is going to have the biggest impact tonight. I think I'm going to go with Jack Turner, the leading receiver Absolutely. in King Co. And I think that's the main reason why, as I said, he predicted himself a 150-yard game. And I'm going to agree with him on Ooh, that. Wow, this 
Frank Punt gets it a great MI roll all the way down to the 18-yard line. It almost got blocked, but Frank gets it away. And he's a he's a soccer player too. He's a multi-sport athlete, and he boots it way, way downfield. Halen, Jack Derner's taken. That's that's a, a tough oh. one to beat. But who else do you think on this Islanders team is gonna have a big role for Mercer Island? Um well, I think I'm going to go with number 86, Mason Shorak. Oh, we love to see yeah. him. He's a big guy. He's one of my good friends. Good defensive player. And I think overall he's going to really help the run game and the pass game on the other yeah, side. He's a, he's a fullback. He comes Dave, in. Dave, what, what is your pick? Listen, he's in, he's in some – I had a history presentation with him today. He was flying around the, the Google slide screen, and I think he's going to be flying around in the slot, Xander Peck. He's going to have a great day as – Hazen gets a oh. first run, first down handoff, and it goes nowhere. Stuff there by the Islanders. And let me tell you another thing about Xander Peck. So I have the pleasure of being on the Mercer Island cross country team, MIXC. Let me sh- shout that out. And we get the little very corner of the field that the Islanders practice on. And so I get the pleasure of seeing these guys <laughs> go out there and practice. And in one on one cornerback wide receiver drills, Xander Peck burns the corners with ease, and he always gets open for touchdowns in practice. So I think it's only a matter of time before he really shows out in the games. As the quarterback, Makai Whitney, is going to do another handoff down the middle. And it will be stopped. Yeah, only one yard there. So some slow offensive play in this game. Still 0-0 if you're just joining us here on KMIH Mercer Island. 88-9 the bridge with 10 minutes in the first quarter. And I think on the defensive side, I'm going to have to go with number 14, Nick Fuchs, the junior. He's been one of the newer additions to the team, but... I mean, he's starting today, and for good reason. He's been one of the leading tacklers on this team. Whitney's got running back, I believe, number 21, Sebastian Garcia, to the left. Um, and it's going to be an offside against Mercer Island there, so a tough break. And we're going to see if that's enough for the first down. It was pretty close. Yeah, and something interesting that Hazen does is they do a double setup where they're offensive lineman will start standing up go down get back up and then go back down we see it there works there for Hazen gets five yards to make it third and one all right so uh, now actually, first and ten I everyone guess had that messed up it's a first down for the Highlanders as the lights go off in the broadcast booth and it really is that time of year folks as the offensive line does a little hop before it's a little wide run play to number eight and it's stuffed immediately there on first down number two Nick Chitalis with the tackle great tackle there number eight is Miguel Rosario who is their go-to guy on offense think of him like a little bit of a Tyreek Hill character not the biggest guy but he's fast and can fly around the field for the Highlanders yeah and something the Islanders love to do put their corners on the islands which can be do or die I like to call it because Obviously, it can make the big play come, but works out perfectly there. Let's Nick have an easy one-on-one tackle. Great play. Whitney in the shotgun. Sends a man in motion. It's going to be a handoff down the middle this time, and there's a lot of Islanders defenders there. Three maroon shirts ready for the tackle, and Scott, that's your guy. Number 14, Nick Fuchs on the tackle. I think that was also Mason Shark. Oh, wow. So look Look at you guys. You... Know your stuff, clearly. That's why you're on the radio right now. Yeah, I think Mason Shurak had a tackle a few plays ago, too, so I think my pick might be coming in. Oh, I'm sensing a competition here between you two. These are... May the man with the most tackles win. <laughs> so number 28 in the backfield, Manuel Parada with 
Whitney. Three, four receivers out wide. Yet to see a deep pass for this Hazen football team yet. Another man in motion. And it's going to be a fake jet sweep. And he's going to drop back to pass. And he gets sacked. Taken down that time by number 34 for the Luke Islanders. Michael Bus. Luke Michaelbus. What a great play there. Especially from the underclassmen. Yeah, the, the sophomore um, on... Oh, excuse me, freshman Luke Michael Bust. What an amazing play wow, there. That was really good. He came right out of the slot, yeah. right together. He is a young, budding star, clearly a freshman on this varsity team. One of only, looks like two freshmen on the team, along with Elon Gotel. Now, Hazen has a fourth and 20, and they're going to punt it away. It's a very oh. low punt. A little dribbler crosses midfield. Shavy's going to let it go and let it roll down all the way to the 45-yard line, but still great field position for Mercer Island. Scott, we say this every single week. When it's all said and done, the field position battle is what wins high school football games. You don't have Patrick Mahomes out there that can throw 80 yards on one play, but what you do have is players that can get chunk yardage, and that's why the field position battle is so huge. Yeah, I think you perfectly said there. The great thing about the Islanders I can almost guarantee you we will see at least 10 screen passes tonight because yeah. that is how high school offenses work. And so getting those sacks that we just saw by Luke Michael Bus so important because it can totally change the landscape of this game. Fahey, number seven, the quarterback, takes the snap, hands it off to Katano, oh. who trucks a man at the line of scrimmage. One of the toughest one-yard runs you will ever see, but he's taken down at the 46-yard line. Seven minutes, 17 seconds left to go in this opening quarter. Each team, the Hazen Highlanders and the Mercer Island Islanders, had a possession. No score yet. But if the Islanders cross midfield, they will be in striking distance. Garrett Rogan checking off the field. He is really, besides Jack Derner, their best weapon on offense. He's been amazing so far this year. A really good track runner as well in the sprints. So look out for him this game as Fahey drops back oh. deep to pass rolling out to his left trying to avoid some tacklers still moving to his left faking out a couple defenders crossing midfield and puts his arm out at the 47 yard line of Hazen so a great little scramble there by the mobile dual threat quarterback and reaching his arm out Scott he compared himself to Kyler Murray last year and he looked like him on that one and it's going to be a third down and two yards or two or three yards to go yep yeah, and a nice six-yard run by Eli Fahey. But what I'm noticing by this Hazen defense, they're running two high safeties. So a lot of this game is going to be played underneath on the ground, as we've already seen. Don't expect a lot of the big big money plays. Yeah. Fahey has Katano out in motion. He says he's oh. going to pass it quickly there. And a flag is thrown. It was a catch there. Going to be enough for the first down if it stands. Number 13 for the Islanders, Addison King who's emerged as one of their, their better junior players on the team. Might be holding on the offense with where the Islanders are, are headed in their huddle, moving backwards. I guess we'll see in a second what the flag is. <laughs> yeah, they, they're taking their, their sweet time. We're waiting. They're still and talking. Look, everyone's moving back. Oh, so it's been a long to... week for all of us. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with you, Gabe. This looks like a holding. Wow, this might be yeah. more than a holding. They are going way, way back. Must have been a 15-yard penalty. Uh -huh. All right, 10-yard penalty. Math, there you go. <laughs> That's how math works. Um, well, hold on. 10 yards back from the, okay, from the original spot. That makes sense. Yep. So 
now, instead of having a first down, it's a third and 17 for the Islanders, and they've seen and this Jack position Derner's before. getting pressed. I think we could see a deep ball to Jack Derner here. Oh, wow, a shown blitz oh, here. Awesome. And they, the Hazen player, looks like that was number 40, 44 for Hazen. Oh, here we go. Save Kongaika. That's the first time I've said that name tonight, and he's going to get charged for the offsides. He was coming in heavy, blitzing, and they're going to tack him with a five-yard penalty. Brings it to the 43-yard line of Mercer Island. And once again, the Hazen defender is pressing right on Derner. I would expect a deep ball to yep. Derner on this play. Especially. Nothing to lose here on this third down as Eli Fahey rolls to his left, getting attacked by the defenders. He's going to continue to scramble, move left, juke a man, get across the 50, across the 45. Enough for the first down. What a great run there by Eli Fahey, shifting really quickly around the defenders and getting enough for the first down on a third down and 12. So that offsides penalty ended up being very pivotal for Mercer Island because without that, they wouldn't have had enough for the first down, but Eli Fahey uses his legs. Yeah, and a beautiful 22-yard run by Eli Fahey, and that's kind of what he's known for. He's really mobile when the pocket collapses, can find that small inch of air and break away. Yeah, and I think that's going to be really crucial today, especially with the run game. A handoff this time to Shavy, a little inside zone. He oh. jukes a man, gets past the 35-yard line, and that's exactly where he'll be stopped, around the 35 or 36. But that brings up a second down and six yards to go for Mercer Island. Five minutes, 50 seconds left to go in this first quarter of play. The Islanders have it on the 36-yard line for second down. And I think this, I think they should stay with the run with how high Hazen is playing their defense, not stacking the box or anything, there's going to be a lot of room for Vince and Chase to go to work. Fahey takes the shotgun snap, looks to have a quick pass outside to Garrett Rogan, who ducks underneath the defender, oh. now sheds off another one and rolls forward for a gain of two yards there. So he was in the backfield for most of that play. That was really big, especially getting yards out of that. Yeah, that, that is positive yards that you love to see from Mercer Island, and that brings up a third down and four from the 34 for the Islanders, and we see Addison King check back into the game. And you got Nick Fuchs into the game now, too. So four receivers out wide for Mercer Island. Shavy, the running back, two, Fahey's left. Fahey takes the snap, a little short drop. Pump fakes the oh. screen pass and finds a man downfield. That's Addison King, number 13, who catches it on the sideline for a first down gain, gain to the 20. Oh, bring it all the way down to the 18-yard line. So a great connection there. A little pump fake on the near side on the screen play, which they've done so well early this game. Ends up causing the Hazen Highlanders to bite, and Addison King was open downfield. Yeah, and I mean, once again, with these corners playing so aggressive for Hazen that's going to work all day because they're really putting all their pressure on the two safeties Vince Catano taking the hand out down the middle and he's got space a nine yard gain there on first down down to the nine yard line that was a great run by Vince right there yeah, he found the hole immediately and shot through the gap and Halen you mentioned the run game is going to be very important in this opening yep. quarter it turns out that They've, they've been listening to you up here in the booth. <laughs> I think it is now second and two on the Mercer Island 
11 yard. And it's going to be a handoff down to Vince Catano. Trying to get enough of the first down. It was just a second and one. But he is not going to pick it up. Maybe a gain of one there. So it's going to be yeah, now it's third and inches. But I think you stay with Vince here. You see he's really working hard. And that's something we rarely see some of these MI yeah. backs do is go straight and attack the gut. And I think that's going to pay dividends as the defense gets worn out over the course of the game. Catano getting a lot of action early in this ball game. Fahey's got four receivers out wide. He's going to take the snap. Look to pass. He's got a man open. Touchdown. That's Rogan on a slant route. Garrett Rogan gets into the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, my. Touchdown, M-I. Islanders. What a great play there. Fahey fires the dart, and Garrett Rogan's on the receiving end, dives for it. And it's 6-0 Islanders with 3.30 left to go in this first quarter. I think right there is a great example of how good Mercer Island can be. They had the run game going, the pass game, and you got Eli Fahey scrambling out of the pocket. And I think the biggest thing is that the run game, as you said, Halen, is going because we've seen so many times this offense gets kind of one-dimensional and becomes very pass-heavy. We saw a nice, nice kind of goal. variety there of running the ball and then get a play action, get a pump fake. And let Rogan go in for six and hit a little dance move. <laughs> yeah, we, we asked Jack Durner what he would do for his celebration dance. He said he would. He said he'd hit the gritty. Oh, that's not my words. That's his. <laughs> and uh, maybe, maybe we'll see that if Jack Durner puts in a score. And I think that's a very game. good chance that happens today. Yeah. The way Mercer Island's playing today. This offense, when they're clicking, they can be explosive for sure. And the defense list has looked good so far. So. Hazen, Chris Bennett's squad, they may be in trouble even though it's early with 3.32 left to go in the first quarter. And I think in terms of Hazen, I think what, obviously for the Islanders, we would love for them to stick with the run game because that has been very insufficient. But I, for Hazen, I think you're going to have to test Nick Chitalis and Garrett Rogan because they are, as I said earlier, on an island see what your receivers can do in these one-on-one matchups because that's where this game's going to be won really on both sides we saw it there Garrett Rogan got the better in that one now the question is what can they do on Garrett Rogan the sensational Samir Lumba four-star recruit junior kicker boots it away and it's going to get across the 15-yard line may roll out of bounds there it does (laughs) so right on cue for Lumba and the Highlanders will start with great field position Testing my high school football knowledge, I believe, at the 35-yard line. What we're going to see, the referee. Oh, guys, I think I was right. Yep, I think you were right, Gabe. Love love to see that. With Gabe, that happens a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So on the right hash, the the Highlanders will start with the ball. 332 in the first. And I'd like to make an important announcement. We now see Cole Drayton on the field for the first time. So you wonder if we know he's a tight end two but his main position is defensive and outside linebacker uh, with Tommy Frank and I believe and he loves to blitz and I see Mason Shark and Garrett Rogan on the line too now Rogan drops back two deep corners for the Islanders gonna be a pass play way downfield going for it all whoa a diving catch just dropped dropped there by Miguel Rosario wow he had Space, he had some feet too, some quick ones, but couldn't get enough to haul it in. But going back to my previous point, that's where this game's going to be won. We see right there them immediately test Garrett Rogan. 
he beat him off the line and I mean he could have been in for six if he didn't drop that game I think that's where the Islanders are going to maybe have to recognize let's not stack the box instead let's give Chase A.V. Garrett Rogan and Nick Chitalis some support in the back Makai Whitney the quarterback after an incomplete pass has an empty backfield here five receivers out wide a lot of options for him to go to here now he's going to send a man in motion it's going to be a handoff there number 28 Manuel Parada Ooh, flag on the field struggles to get back to the line of scrimmage and there's going to be a yellow flag on the Maybe play a holding yeah on a jet sweep like that you might you might expect a, a holding call here or something against the offense and I will say Hazen does not look like a traditional high school offense we've seen the fullback come in the jet sweep they are throwing out packages left and right but, I mean, so far the Islanders' defense has done an excellent job recognizing these plays. And we saw every single one of the defenders shift to the right as soon as they saw that handoff. And that's the type of work they're going to have to put in to be able to maintain and then increase their lead. Yep, looked like it was holding. So second down and 21. 21, yep. Second down and 21 for the Hazen Highlanders. See if Mercer can hold him back. They've got a mile to go here. The first down marker at the 35-yard line. Oh, looks like number 14 for Mercer Island. Nick Fuchs <laughs> jumps off sides for the Islanders, and so that will make it a second down and 16 now instead as the Hazen squad is still deep in their own territory. Whitney. And you can see Nick getting ready to blitz. I expect a sack. The junior QB, Whitney's going to throw a little screen pass off to Parada, and he's going to oh. dart inside, tumble his way across past the original line of scrimmage, so it'll be a third down and maybe seven or eight there. I think Mason Shark had another tackle oh, so right there. there. Mason Shark's number 73 on the roster. Not on our roster, so um, he will make the tackle there. Thank you to Mr. Cornbloom, one of the all-time greats, the Mercer Island commentator. If you've ever been to a game, I'm sure you've heard his famous voice. And pleasure to have him, as always, so kind to us. And speaking of so kind, this Islanders defense has a kind opportunity here, third and seven for Hazen. They've got a long way to go here. The fans getting rowdy. Whitney sends a man in motion, rolls out to his right for a design QB run. He's got blockers ahead, but Nick Fuchs is right there to make the tackle. Two flags on the play. Laundry came out all over the place. And we'll see if, if it's on I the offense, the Islanders might decline the penalty. I think that was a combined tackle by Nick Fuchs and Mason Shorak <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's almost like they know. They're hearing us. I think Halen's calling everything a combined tackle. Yeah, <laughs> that was a combined tackle. I might have gotten in on it too. I'm all the way up here. So, oh, it's going to be a false start that's declined. Okay, so maybe an illegal motion made it fourth down because the Islanders will decline the penalty and... I think it's fourth down wow. and seven. This is going to be interesting here. Fourth down and five yards to go from the 40-yard line of... 
This will be a big play right here. But they're going to keep their team on the field. Whitney in the shotgun way behind the line. We're going to see what happens here. He might do a little pooch punt. Takes it. Yep. He does. Oh, oh and he gets blocked at the line of scrimmage. He picks it up. Has nowhere to go. And with that, the Islanders get a blocked punt there. But it really, I think, was off the offensive lineman of one of the Hazen players. I mean, I guess we can give credit for the QB <laughs> rush. I don't really know what you call that. But, um, I mean, that's just one of those plays where you kind of question the coach's play calling. Why not send out your punter who is solely listed as a punter? Yeah. Well, yeah, that is a great question, Scott. <laughs> I don't have the answer to. But uh, they brought out the pooch punt. I was wondering why I was a little far Welcome back. Welcome to high school You football. have to give me credit for that one, guys. I did, I did call that one out. The pooch punt was obvious, but he wasn't really that far back. So explains the the knock in the back of his center, which was a little bit of a disastrous play. I cannot lie. And now Mercer Island has it on the 40-yard line of Hazen. It's going to be a throw down the middle to Derner. It's intercepted. Going the other way is the running back, Parada. He slips down and gets up, but there's going to be a flag on the play. I believe it may be roughing the passer. Oh, we've seen this a couple times in the big leagues in the NFL. And, oh, the Islanders. I saw Faye. He immediately go down. And then we saw a little laundry come on the field. It would not surprise me. Halen, I want, I want to go to you on this one. As Scott, you nailed that call. How, how does Fahey feel right now? He, he threw, you know, not the ideal pass. There was a defender right there. But he kind of gets a break with the penalty flag. So, Well, I think just kind of in, like, in golf. Uh, it doesn't matter how you shoot it as long as you get, <laughs> shoot it well. Yeah, 15-yard gain there. There's no pictures yeah. on the scorecard for Fahey. Exactly. I think that's one of the plays you just wipe away and keep yeah. moving on. He's got a short memory. But for Fahey, sometimes maybe it's good to have a long memory because he's made a lot of great plays. And his, this is his second year starting for Mercer Island. He had the four-game season last year during the heart of the pandemic. As now there's two running backs. Fahey going to hand it off down the middle. That's looks like Catano. Yeah, Vince Catano on the run. Goes outside the left tackle for no gain really on that play. Went more horizontal than vertical there. So second and 10 from the 24-yard line. Under a minute left to go in this first quarter of action. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the last minute. As it ticks down, Mercer Island goes to the line. Fahey's got Catano to his left. Four receivers. Garrett Rogan by himself on the near side. Derner getting that press coverage on the far side. Fahey looking Derner's way. Originally rolling out right. Now he's got some running room. Going to actually pass it away, fire a dart to number 16, I believe, for the Islanders. It was incomplete pass. That was Davis Johnson. But I think we've, we've seen that multiple times where Fahey has started his two-step drop back and immediately has had to roll out. We have noticed he does prefer to roll to his right, which makes sense. He's a right-handed yeah. thrower. But, I mean, that's something where maybe... You decide that's how you want to run your offense, start sealing the edge a little bit more with your offensive line and let him find that open space and make plays himself. 30 seconds left to go in this first quarter. Islanders up 7-0, trying to extend their lead here on this 3rd and 10 from the 24-yard line. Fahey taking an end zone shot deep downfield, and it's going to oh. be, wow, a jump ball in the Touchdown. end zone. It's caught. it's caught by Garrett Rogan. His Did we second just see Randy night. Moss 2.0? His second of the night. Touchdown. Oh, my, am I. Rogan, what a play. The speedster shows his hops on that one. He's a do-it-all player, and he catches it for the touchdown. 13-0 Islanders lead it. Unbelievable, Fahey just trusted his 
wide receiver wow. on that one. Looks like, up like he was in the in the backyard at West Mercer Elementary School. I've seen him done it, do it before, but Rogan there on on that one, a great catch. Yeah, it looked like he almost ripped it out of the defender's hands. It was a good play. Yeah, and a great job. But the um, the thing I was most amazed by in that is he put the jump ball in position where it really looked like only Garrett Rogan could get it or it's going to go out of bounds. And that's just a great job by Eli recognizing the situation. And the field goal is good. Mercer Island 14, Hazen 0. Yeah, that's uh, Halen, that's a formality with that man kicking, kicking the extra point. Samir Lumba, the do-it-all player. I see the energy picking up a little bit down on the sideline. Yeah, you got the band going crazy. I love after the Mercer Island Islanders score. You got the theme song playing. A lot of, a lot of fans here tonight. I know today it kind of felt like a, a, a big day at school. There was the first full week is over, and we had a short week two weeks ago for the first home game. So this is really the first, the first it's time. The debut the, the, for yeah, everyone. For fans, yeah. fans to digest. Debut you know. for Cole. Debut for the band. Yeah, this is. Debut for Halen. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Pleasure to have Halen on with 23 seconds left to go in the first quarter of play. If you're just joining us here on 88-9, the Islanders lead at 14-0 after two Garrett Rogan touchdowns. So if you have him in high school fantasy, I don't know if that's a thing, but congratulations <laughs> oh. to you. Well, we've got a little onside kick by Lumba, and it's retrieved there by a Highlander at the 44-yard line. Of Hazen, so they're going to have great field position going forward. But I actually do like that. As crazy as it sounds, only up by 14. You know that your defense has yeah. been able to get to the quarterback, has been able to stop the run, the jet runs, all that sort of stuff. And, and you know your offense is being really efficient. Two two touchdowns on three drives. I think that's the right play. And call, the as crazy as it sounds. The elephant in the room is that these guys go to school for seven hours, then go to practice for a few hours. Tired. Like they aren't. They don't have three hours to practice recovering onside kicks. So anything can happen. And and it's a little fun to put a little Spanish on the ball. Yeah. Makai Whitney in the shotgun. Going to fake the handoff. Do a little quick screen pass outside to number eleven. That's Jonathan Chavez. He gets across the left hand side for a eleven yard gain and enough for a first down on first and ten. And Chase JV on the tackle. Ten seconds left to go in this first quarter. And a great open open field tackle by Chase JV because if he didn't make that, That's a we touchdown. would be calling six for Hazen. Makai Whitney going to make a quick little pass outside to number three. That's Abe Rose. And to end the first quarter, he's going to get a five-yard gain there and another screen pass. So... With that, we will take a quick break here on 88.9, the bridge, but stay tuned because the Islanders are putting on an offensive show up 14-0 in the, after the end of one here on 88.9, the bridge. Now back to the action. Islanders football only on 88.9, the bridge. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into 88.9, the bridge. Once again, we have Makai Whitney, number six, the quarterback for Mercer Island. On second down and 11, and there's going to be a flag on the play. 
and Hazen finally putting together a excellent drive so far and I think this is where the Islanders defense kind of needs to hold its ground Ben don't break and I think it's going to have to come to this linebacker unit and we've seen them so far be able to get to the quarterback and that's where it all starts it's going to be a quarterback run there by Makai Whitney and it'll be not enough for the first down so third and one and here goes Whit Makai Whitney going quickly here on this third down and one play under center going to do a little QB sneak which is so good in high school football and he's going to get enough of the first down and more so here come the Hayes and Highlanders down 14 nothing with 9.55 left to go in the second quarter but they are marching down to the 12 yard line with that I am pleased to bring along Will Pellerin who is going to be joining our broadcast for the second quarter of action Will you were watching that first quarter how do you think the Islanders did passing the ball to Garrett Rogan touchdowns it was awesome I mean that's some of the best football I've ever seen I don't watch a whole lot of high school football but uh they really found him in two great spots the second catch was just unbelievable he mossed the dude for like a 20 plus yard touchdown that was amazing it's crazy so Garrett Rogan's had a hot start along with his Islanders defense but right now Scott like you mentioned it's been don't break because Hazen has it second down and seven from the nine yard line so knocking on the doorstep with Makai Whitney, the, the quarterback, who's also the tallest, most, most athletic player on the field. He can really do it all for the Highlanders. And two great plays by Cole Drayton, closing the A-gap, making it so the running back can't find any space. Two tackles in a row, only giving up three yards. And now, Hazen, I think it may be time that we see a pass play. All right, so it's going to be a false start there. It's going to be a design quarterback run for Whitney, but instead he'll go back five yards. What do you think they're going to do now that they're uh, back a couple yards but still looking to score? I think they got to be aggressive and go. If I was the play caller for Hazen, I would be aggressive and go with the pass because with how stout this Islanders defense has been so far against the run game, I don't think, to be 100% honest, you're going to get 12 yards and two plays on the ground. Yeah, you're right. All right, we've got Makai Whitney. Second down and 12. It's going to be an outside handoff there to number 17. That's Miguel Roja, and he is going to get tackled there by number one, the captain, Cole Drayton. Captain Cole. That'll bring him for the Captain tackle. Cole's got three tackles in a row. Yeah, he, he's been a monster in this game, his first game back. You know, I heard in Seal Drum Band class, Tommy and Cole going back and forth. Oh, how do you think you're going to fare coming back? Oh, I think I'll be good. Oh, no, you won't. You haven't played in a while, and so it's a little bit of friendly banter between them, but Cole looks great coming back here as he's lined up as a linebacker this time around. Whitney on a second down and goal from the six-yard line. It's going to be a pass all the way to the outside. That was to number three, Abe Rose, the junior, and defended well there by the safety, Chase Shavey. And great job by Chase Shavey knowing kind of how the... Because obviously these teams have plenty of film on each other, knowing the formation getting in the right spot pre-play so that way when it happens he actually beat the defender or he almost looked like the offense making it kind of his ball not the other just a throw out of bounds Whitney on this fourth and goal they're going to go for it a little slant inside it's going to be dropped incomplete almost caught there by Jonathan Chavez right at the goal line but what a great defensive stand there by number two Nick Chitalis on the play beating him to the slant 
So a great defensive stand there, Scott. You mentioned it, Ben, don't break. And with this aggressive Hazen team, knowing they had to try to get six if they wanted to stay in this game, at least for the first half, they're still definitely in the game. But now the Islanders have it on their own eight-yard line. And I won't ask you guys, when you're inside your own 10, obviously high school football, not the best O-line in the world. Do you go with the run game, or do you try to be a little aggressive here and maybe air it out a little? Well, we've seen what Fahey can do throwing the ball. I would take a shot. Why not? you got nothing to lose. Will? I agree with that. I think a run would be good in this situation, but I also think the passing game's worked pretty well for him so far, so they might as well stick with it. Fahey does drop back to pass a little quick outside route, and Garrett Rogan has hit immediately a great form tackle there. Number five, Jalen Irvis, the senior, getting his first play of the night, and it'll bring up a second down and seven yards to go. So a few yards picked up there for the Islanders, but a great tackle by Hazen. And Garrett Rogan now at 56 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Fahey, 76 passing yards, 28 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. Fahey's got three receivers lined up, spaced out on the near side. And here goes Eli taking his nap. A little seam route down the middle intended for number 16, Davis Johnson, falls incomplete. So with that, a tough, tough road ahead. Third down and seven from their own 11-yard line. But I like that the Islanders are taking advantage of the mill, knowing that they're playing two high safeties, which we don't really see in high school. We see a lot of the teams stack the box, knowing that teams aren't going to throw the ball 30, 40 yards down the field. So instead, they're willing to take those underneath routes, get consistent five- to eight-yard gains. Fahey has... Vince Catano to his left. He's going to drop back to pass down the middle. Intended oh. for Cole Drayton for the first time tonight, and it falls incomplete. And here comes the punt unit. You know, this, this Mercer Island team's aggressive, but not aggressive enough to go forward on fourth and seven from their own 11-yard line. Tommy Frink, the Frinkinator, going to stand on his own goal line to punt this one away. You know, I, I, I talk with him every, every day at lunch, come up with a different nickname every time, so... He standing, his front front toes are on the goal line. He's way pinned back, two gloves, one on either hand. He's going to take the high snap, drop back, boot it away, and wow, he has a rocket for a leg. It's a, retrieved by a Highlander. He's going to try to juke out a defender, get to the right, move around as there's some, some a, a battle going uh, on some in the sideline. going on in the Hazen sideline. <laughs> yeah. There was a blocker who was really imposing his will on one of the Islanders, and there's going to be a flag on the play, it seems like. so. It almost looked like he stepped on the Islander. He went right at number 40, Liam Savage. And, I mean, hey, if you draw the flag, can't complain as an Islanders fan. And, Will, what do you expect to see from the Islanders' defense on this drive? Uh, I think we really need to shut them down at this point. It's kind of whether you can just keep them out uh, for now. And if they open the bank, that could spell bad news for the Islanders later on in the game. So you might as well keep them as low as you can for as long as you can. Um, Because once they get one, it'll become a lot easier to get the rest with some momentum. Here goes Whitney, a a strong pump fake there, rolling to his left, a right-handed player. This is going to be tough for him. A flag is thrown in the backfield, and he's going to get taken down right around the line of scrimmage. He tried to run for it there, and Cole Drayton, uh-oh. Oh, come on, Cole. Uh, he steps over the quarterback there. But the problem was he was standing up. It was an impressive job to step over him. But uh, <laughs> I think he might. 
I don't know if he's going to get targeted. Oh, the referee's it, pointing him out. Here goes the referee pointing him out. Cole putting his hands up. He's innocent. And I guess the Highlanders will move back 10 yards because it was a holding originally. So good break I'm not quite sure how that was on Hazen. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but great tackle by Cole, I guess. And like they always say, it's not the first man who gets seen. It's always the second. Whoever responds to the initial action always gets the bad side. So that will bring up first down and... Looks, looks like 16, 17. Yeah, si maybe 15. Wait, so I think it's 15. 15 yard, yeah. Yeah. First down and 15. Oh, no. First down and 25 yards. It's goes. 25? It was a 15-yard penalty. Oh. As, yeah, that, it looks a long way away. That's yeah. just the line of scrimmage, the original one for Hazen. So they've got a long, long way to go to get the first down marker as a few-yard run there by Manuel Parada will bring up a second down and about 22. And I think I would like to see a blitz at this point. I know that's a little crazy with it being second 21. But, but I think can, yeah. you can really kind of make the quarterback frantic, make him try and escape the pocket, don't let him be comfortable and get a deep drop. Because even if the pressure doesn't get all the way there, that's a two-step drop and he has to release. Don't give him a lot of time. We haven't seen any turnovers tonight. We'll see if that comes as it's going to be a fake handoff. Here goes Whitney rolling out to his right pressured here he's gonna throw it down the middle and it's gonna be incomplete some contact CPI. there oh, it's gonna be pass flag. interference there and it looks like both nick fuchs and number 11 jonathan chavez are both down so two players down on the field will hope that they are okay and with that it's gonna bring up a long third down and 21 yards to go for Luckily, Nick Fuchs was able to get up. Definitely looks a little winded. May have got a gut punch, but... He's running off the field, so he looks good. And Jonathan Chavez. Oh, look at this. Jack Derner coming on the field on defense. So he's actually listed as a wide receiver and defensive back, but we usually see him as an offensive specialist, almost, almost always on the field for the Islanders, but he'll step in as a corner. You know, when you run your route so well, you also know what it's like to defend those good routes so maybe he'll he'll uh, emerge as a a solid third corner as Garrett Rogan and Nick Chitalis are the Islanders Islands on the outside oh I like that one the Islanders Islands yeah the rain is coming down a sideways wind going towards the north end zone and a drizzle under the lights here in the jungle oh they're gonna call it yeah the pass interference bring up a second down and six excuse me I and all that controversy I forgot there was a pass interference on the Islanders and I want to ask you before the next play as now we kind of see the rain coming down hard how does that change obviously in high school football not as great grips how does that change the game plan for both teams Whitney's going to drop back to pass here it's going to be a pass down the middle and Nick Chitalis rocks the offensive player there so a great play to break it up uh, Scott, you know, usually it wouldn't make that much of a factor with all these teams in Kinko that run the ball so much. But these two teams have been passing it a lot early, so it definitely will have a factor. Yeah, well, Nick Chitalis doing a great job on his Islanders Island, I guess we're calling yeah. it. We saw him earlier in the game stop a really, well, could have been a touchdown, get it swatting the ball out on the slant on the fourth and two. They're making what could have been a game-changing hit. We'll see how long that lasts on what really looked like a 20-yard completion, but 
rocked him just enough. The receiver dropped the ball. Makai Whitney sends number one. Chase Cortez in motion. But with a third down and six, Hazen's going to call a timeout here. If you're just joining us here on 88.9, the bridge 14-0. Mercer Island leading it. Two touchdowns by Garrett Rogan with five minutes, 30 seconds left to go in this first half of play. Will, we've seen a lot of a lot of passing early in this game, but with the Islanders up 14 to nothing, how important is it, even though we're still early in the game, when do you think they'll make that transition if they're still leading to start running the ball more and try to chew some clock? I think one more score, and as you're starting to get into the third quarter, uh, killing time becomes all the more necessary. Uh, right now, it's not that big of an issue. The game's still close enough where I don't think they need to focus on that. Um, but if they can start expanding this lead, I think it might be time. So the Islanders' defense is going to start coming back on the field. We're hearing an advertisement for the concession stands here for halftime, which that, that shows you we are winding down the first half over halfway through the second quarter as the rain is continuing to come down. Cole Drain, the linebacker, lifting his right hand up, signaling the crowd to get more into the game. There's a lot of fans here as... We get a quick little screen pass to the outside, but blown up immediately there. That's number 11, Garrett Rogan. A great stop there in the backfield and a fourth down and nine yards to go is ahead from the Islanders' 40-yard line. We'll see this might be go-for-it range for Hazen. And the most high school football stat line you can think of, Garrett Rogan, 56 receiving yards, three tackles, and two, two touchdowns. touchdowns. Making huge plays on both sides of the ball. All in the first half, too. That's an amazing game. He's all over the place for Mercer Island. Makai Whitney dropping back to pass, flipping the ball once, going to throw it way downfield. He's got a man, and it's just on the outside of his left shoulder there. That was intended for number three, Abe Rose. And on that fourth down play, the Highlanders come up empty, and Mercer Island, Eli Fahey, with 4.47 left to go, plenty of time to possibly extend this lead to three touchdowns before the end of the first half. And I will no and I do notice just looking at the sideline you can see the defensive backs and the linebackers a little winded because they're not used to all these pass plays in Kinko. A lot of times we're seeing 50 ru 50 rushing plays not 50 passing plays. But the Islanders are doing it too. Eli is airing it out. I expect Jack Turner and Gary Rogan to be heavily involved on this drive. He's got Catano and Shavy on either side. The handoff this time is going to go to Chase Shavy. Gets across the right-hand side. Had some room. Oh, excuse me, that is Vince Catano on that one. Those two players, they look alike. They're only two numbers apart. And a four-yard gain there by number 20, Vince Catano. Brings up a second down and six for the Islanders. Now under 4.30 left to go in the first half. And Vince Catano with 30 rushing yards, but those have not been easy to get by. Those are hard rushing yards, and he has earned every single yard so far tonight. Fahey once again with two running backs in the backfield, and a Hazen timeout will be called. And with that, we're going to take a quick timeout here on 88.9, the bridge, so stay tuned, and we'll be right back in just 30 seconds. Hey, my name is Will, and I'm here with a daily reminder to take care of your mental health. I know it can be tough sitting cooped up in your house all day, but try to focus on the positives. Set aside relaxation time, feel free to reach out to others, and most importantly, stay safe. 
Just remember, we're all in this together. It's Islanders football only on KMIH Mercer Island, 88.9 The Bridge. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge on this rainy, stormy Friday night under the lights. The Mercer Island Islanders come out for a second down and six with four minutes and 12 seconds left to go in this first half of action, up 14 to nothing on the Hazen Highlanders. I'm joined by Scott Pirak and Will Pellerin here for the second quarter. And it is coming down. Yeah, it, the rain is really, really starting to pick up. And we'll see how that affects the game going forward. You, luckily for Mercer Island, they're ahead. So if this becomes a, a run-centric game, we're going to see the Islanders have a huge advantage there as Katano is bouncing off tacklers in the linebacker core and gets enough for five-yard gain there, bringing up a third down and one. Yeah, on the 49-yard line, so approaching midfield. And he is looking like a bowling ball out there, just immediately bouncing off tacklers, especially these huge Z-tackles just finding a way through. Fahey, pump faking to the left, pump faking to the right, now throws it back left, and it's going to be a screen pass that's blown up immediately there. And number 16, Davis Johnson, was the one to make the reception, but he'll go nowhere. And what an interesting... Decision here for Mercer Island. It's fourth down and three from their own 47-yard line. Up two scores, and it looks like Eli Fahey is trotting back out there. Going to test their luck here with just 3.15 left to go in the first half as the Mercer Island band is starting to go to the south side of the track to get ready for their halftime performance. Fahey has Chase Shavey right behind him. Katano, the deep back here, and... He's trying to go for a hard count here. We're going to see if they even snap the ball. And it looks like that was just some theatrical. But a timeout. A timeout by the Islanders. So. Yeah, so it looks like they were just trying to get the hard count there. Some theatrics by Fahey. But I assume the punt unit will come out now. We will see. I think they may stay on, knowing how dominant their defense has been in this first half, giving up only about 100 yards in this first half. And the majority really on that last drive. The first three drives, they were majority three and outs or one first down, then a three and out. And so I think it's, I think you keep. You might have to have a bet on it then, Scott. We already have a bet in the works, Will. Oh, really? On the GPS show, 5 p.m. If the Lions beat the Packers on Monday Night Football, Scott has to eat a shoe. (laughs) I have to take a bite of a shoe that's going to be signed. I am sorry, DeAndre Swift. That is how confident I am in the Packers beating the Lions. Well, Will, my question to you that I'm going to pose here is, would you eat a shoe if the Islanders lose right now up 14-0? I don't <laughs> think I would. I don't think All I would, right, no. So maybe he's not, he doesn't have the utmost confidence, but if you're the Islanders, you have to be happy here. But a fourth down and three conversion would be a little bit sweeter as Faye. He takes the shotgun snap. He is going to throw right down the middle. He's got a man open, and oh. he just misses him. That's number 16, Davis Johnson. A low pass there by Fahey, just down the middle of the field, the slot receiver. So, just like that, Hazen has it first and 10 now from the 47-yard line of Mercer Island. Scott, how much does that shift the momentum here? If they can get down and get a quick score with under three minutes left to go in the first half, they will start with the ball at halftime too. So that was a huge play, isn't it? All I'm going to say is, Will, you should be happy you did not accept that bet after that play. I was going to say, yeah, if they score this here, it totally flips the game on the other side, especially if they get the ball back. Yeah, totally. 
totally flips it. Now they're already in Islanders territory. The great thing about high school football, the kickers were also not the best in the world. So they still have about 30 yards to go to get in the field goal range. Number six, the junior, Makai Whitney. A quick pass outside there to number eight, Miguel Rosario. Tackled there by Nick Fuchs. So a gain of just three or four yards there on the outside pass. And the referee trots back to the right hash to put the ball down with two minutes, 30 seconds left to go. Opening half of play. The Highlanders score here, like we've mentioned. They will get the ball to start the third quarter, and boy, how that would turn the tide of momentum in this game in the jungle. Makai Whitney going to have a quarterback-designed run here, and he's tumbling, running over, looking like a running back there. The quarterback keeper gets enough of the first down marker and just a few yards more. So bring down the sticks. 34-yard lines where they're going to place it of Mercer Island. So the, the Highlanders are, they're approaching range for maybe a, maybe a, a touchdown to end the half here with two minutes, seven seconds. But I like the direct run. It allows him to get momentum. And then obviously the biggest thing is he actually looks like the biggest player yeah, on the, he, he does. On uh, the team besides the O-line. Now a quick pass to number eight, Miguel Rosario. He's going to make the play and a gain of seven or eight yards there on first and ten. And now five players with five, or sorry, three players with five tackles. Cole Drayton, Mason Chorak, oh and Nick Fuchs. My. All with five tackles already in this game. And I think we could see both of them in double digits by the end. Another quarterback keeper by Whitney crossing the threshold for the first down marker and he's going to get down to the 21 yard line here they come going fast a minute 38 left to go first half and there's a sense of urgency here for Hazen they are sensing some life they've gotten down to this range once before they went for it on fourth and goal couldn't convert so it must be uh, intense on that sideline they need points and they need it quick going to be a little fade route to the end zone and a great defensive play there by Garrett Rogan he was on his own one side of the Islanders Island Makes the stop there. Gets his left hand. Bats it away. And second down and 10 upcoming. And Garrett Rogan just needs a sack and an interception. Then he is about filled in yeah. every stat line that we expect him to fill. We don't expect to see him at quarterback anytime soon. So Garrett Rogan definitely looking like the star player tonight. Oh, and Ooh. Nick Fuchs jumps the route but can't quite connect. It looked a little bit like Alex Espinoza in week one, who got that interception for a touchdown for Mercer Island. Nick Fuchs, though, just off his paws, and a third down and 10 from the 21-yard line. It'd be interesting if they don't convert this, Will. Do you think they would go for a field goal from the 21 or try to go for a touchdown? Remember, that's just borderline range for a high school kicker. This is a really tough decision, honestly. I think it would be good to put up points right now in this game, especially having none, just to get a little bit of momentum. But I also think if they don't start putting up like some actual stuff soon, uh, they're going to be find themselves in a really bad time crunch later in the game. So I want to ask you guys, third and ten, obviously part of that is what happens here. Do you think they run it knowing they can get well, four to five yards and then get in field goal range? Or do you go for the big hitter and maybe go to the air where you can still get those four to five yards, but then you also there's a better boom percentage of you getting that 15-plus yard gain. Well, I'm sure Will can tell you better because his papers are flying all over the place. The wind is going in the direction against the kicker, so I think you've got to go for it because it's four-down territory no matter what, in my opinion. 
Well, I agree with that. Yeah, the wind is certainly a factor, and also the wet might make snaps and holds a little bit problematic for the offense. So I could definitely see them trying to air it out here and hopefully put a touchdown. Well, not hopefully. We've got an umbrella popping out in the back row. Describes the night for you on this Friday night. The fans are getting loud here. It's going to be a pump fake by Whitney. He's going to go deep downfield of the end zone. He does have a man open, and it's caught in the end zone. That's number eight, Miguel Rosario. What an answer there on third and ten. Exactly what the doctor ordered for the Hazen Highlanders. And, Will, I heard you mention it under your breath, a great, great lofted touch pass there by Whitney. And just like that, a minute nine left. But it could go into halftime, a one-touchdown game with Hazen getting the ball back. And to add on to that game, I think, we've seen both quarterbacks do it now. A great pump fake grabs Chase Shavey's, or sorry, Garrett Rogan's attention, and then the receiver continues on with his broken route, finds the corner of the end zone, gets in for six to really make this now just a one-possession game. So a timeout going to be taken, I believe, by the Highlanders. And... Yeah, I, I don't think it would be the Islanders. They would want to save all their timeouts for this final drive with just 109 remaining in the second quarter with the Islanders up 14-6 to here on Cam H, Mercer Island, 88-9, the bridge. Scott, I want to ask you this. We haven't really heard Jack Derner or Cole Drain's name too much tonight. Garrett Rogan's filled that void a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see in the second half if that changes. But with those two players... You've got to expect something coming. Maybe there's a storm brewing in the second half for those two. Well, I think the storm has already been brewed mostly, and that's just been under Garrett Rogan's name with 56 yards and two touchdowns, one from 39 and one from around 20 yards. He has made his, his impact on the night. So the extra point from the left-footed kicker is up, and ooh. That was not the prettiest kick I've ever seen. Welcome to high school football. Dribbles just into the end zone. And, you know, even when he's not on the field, let me sing praises for Samir Lumba. We're happy to have him on the team. He is. People underestimate yeah, how hard it is to actually kick a field goal. Trust me. Yeah, I've tried. It's not at all what it looks like. Yeah, it's tough. And it can make the difference. There's been games for Mercer Island in the past few years that have ended 28-27 because someone missed an extra point. So Or off a one. Off a game-winning field goal oh, still. Yeah, by Samir Lumba. I think our, fa- our favorite moment of Mercer Island High School football. But now the Islanders with just one minute remaining around 109 on the real time. What do you guys expect from here? Do you kind of expect them to run it out and just take the, take the re- um, realization that they're up by eight and they could go into half of 14 to six? Or do you... Play a little risky and see if you can go up 21-6, to six, but also recognize you could throw a pick, which we saw earlier from Eli that got offset by roughing the passer. Oh, yeah, I think you got to go big here, uh, <laughs> just especially to close out the half. You can't let them have too much momentum going into the second half uh, because just after that first touchdown, it looked like they were all pretty excited, and you can't let them have that, especially in a close game like this. A high-arcing sky kick for Hazen goes out of bounds at around the 15-yard line. Wise play there by Chase Shavey. He's been through uh, this business long enough to know that if he just lets it roll out of bounds, the Islanders get great field position. A minute nine left on 35. That's plenty of time, Scott, for Eli Faye to throw a ball downfield. 
Yeah, and I think this is where we may see Jack Dern and Garrett Rogan get the majority of the targets. I won't expect them to use their tight ends. You know, they do. the tight ends do have their own Instagram, Mercer Island tight ends, and they also have everything but, or Mercer Island everything but tight ends. And those guys have been lively, but I think everything but Mercer Island tight ends wins here. Yeah. I think the receivers are going to have a pretty nice drive in this final minute. Rogan, Addison King, Garrett Rogan, or Jack Jerner, the receivers out wide. It's going to be a handoff down the middle to Vince Catano, darting through the middle, twisting, turning across to the 47-yard line. Or, excuse me, 42-yard line. Under a minute left to play here, and the Islanders are going no huddle. Running back on either side, McCaffrey 2.0 and Catano, the two backers or running backs. As Fahey takes the shotgun snap, now dropping back to pass. Looks way downfield. Derner is open. Oh, oh, just out of reach for Derner. He had a step on his man at the 20 yard line. That would have been six there, Scott. But you can't really blame Fahey. A tough, long throw, but he probably knows he could have that one back. I'm sure they made that connection all day in practice yeah about a 45 yard throw there by Fahey and if he threw it 42 yards we may be calling that six in the end zone that's how close it was and so great job there by the Islanders Eli Fahey now by himself three receivers to his left two receivers to his right in the shotgun the rain coming down here on this third down and three a big play Fahey pressured, rolling to his right. Going to try to scramble for it. Does he reach enough? Looks like he might be just a one or two yards short here with 32 seconds left to go in this first half. So that I bring you this question, Will. Fourth and one. I feel like you've got to go for it with just 30 seconds left to go. I think you go for it. They're so far out of even field in, goal even range. In your own in, even on your own side of the field. Absolutely, in my yeah. opinion. Nope. They would, you know, need, they would need a miracle to get a touchdown here. I think it, the risk is well worth it. Well, they're punting it away. Looks well, like so they're not going to take our advice, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't think I agree with your advice either. I think make it even less of a chance. Pin, it, pin them inside their own 10. Here goes Tommy Frank. A little quick punt here, and it's going to get to the 20-yard line. Roll forward. There was really no one back there to try to take that kick and Xander Peck tries to get a little cheeky hit there to maybe make it one yard further in Hazen territory but I'm not sure if this is really going to matter to be honest with you Scott and Will just under 30 seconds left to go and 95 or 85 yards to go I don't really think Hazen is going to try to do too much here I think you just run it see what you can get from there and then maybe if you do break off a big play then you decide if you're still going to run it and pass it but Throwing it from your own 15-yard line, you have 85 yards to go. You're more likely to throw a pick than a touchdown. I'm sure you guys may agree with that philosophy, too. Oh, yeah. All right, so QB Neal for, <laughs> <laughs> for Makai Whitney. And not a fake. So with that, the clock's going to wind down. Under 13 seconds left to play in the first half, and the players will head to their respective locker rooms. The score, Islanders 14, Hayes and Highlanders 6. And we will be right back for now. Make sure you stay tuned on 88.9 The Bridge. Scott and I's interview with Jack Jerner is upcoming, so don't go anywhere on 88.9 The Bridge. Now back to the action. 
Islanders football only on 88.9 The Bridge. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge. We are just winding down on halftime now. The third quarter of action going to be starting back up in any minute. If you're just joining us here on 88.9 The Bridge, the Mercer Island Islanders are leading the Hazen Highlanders by a score of 14-6. to Two Garrett Rogan touchdowns propelled the Islanders to a 14-0 lead, and then Miguel Rosario made an outstanding catch after the throw from junior quarterback Makai Whitney. I'm joined once again by Scott Pirak and a new member of the radio crew, a member of the football team as well, Max Taylor, who has done amazing things both on the football field and the radio program, and we are delighted to have Max here tonight. First, Max, I have to ask, how are you feeling? Obviously, we saw that great pick you had, and then everything changed. Give us a little report on how you were doing. Um, yeah, it was definitely a roller coaster of emotions. You know, you're just out there, and it's it's definitely like one of the best feelings in the world to have that sort of play happen. And then just the unfortunate series of events that transpired afterward, going down. It just it, it, it there's nothing like it. I mean, I was I was a victim of my own hubris, you know, and that's kind of how it crumbles sometimes. So Max, watching that first half. We, we know it was dominated early in the game by Mercer Island. But then late, in the, uh, at the near the end of the second quarter, Hazen uh, struck back with a touchdown of their own. They missed the extra point, which is why it's 14-6. to six. But how important is this first drive for the Hazen Highlanders? Because they're going to start with the ball to open up the second half. If they get a touchdown here, it could be a tie game. If they get nothing, Downers could come back and extend the lead. How important is this first drive for Hazen if they want to stay in this ballgame? Well, obviously, it's going to be critical because they don't want to start this down eight points and have the Islanders with the ball. You've already seen how electric Garrick Rogan, Eli Fahey, Cole Drayton, and the rest of this offense has been tonight. And I think the main thing is you, you just got to get that defense off the field. Um, we, we've been playing pretty great on defense tonight, only let up six points. Um, but I think the main takeaway is, is our offensive line is pretty battered. I don't know if anybody saw, but Griffin King is now out for the rest of the night, um, looking like some sort of wrist finger injury. So the offensive line is already looking pretty bad, and I guess we're going to have to see how it, how it rumbles on the uh, the offensive side of the ball. But this drive is absolutely critical for Hazen, and we're just going to have to see how it pans out. And, Max, we are lucky to have you on here, not just because you're a great voice, but because you're also a member of the team. You have been in this locker room quickly plenty of times. We're calling you Max Taylor, but you're on the you're on the stat sheet as Robert Taylor. How does that make you feel? Um, you know, that's <laughs> kind of like when you're, you're born with... Uh, a first name that your uh, your grandma wanted you to have and both of your parents didn't. Um, and so the, you just go by your middle name. That's kind of where it goes from there. Nice. Uh, continue, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that very important question, Gabe. But what is it like in the halftime locker room with Coach Sledge and the rest of the gang? Um, typically, like, we're, we're getting right up to the board and we're, we, we, we didn't get a chance last year to really go up and see because of the COVID. We weren't allowed in the locker rooms. Um, but I would say the main thing is, is we're on, we're looking at the board. We're we're seeing all right. What are we seeing on defense? What are we seeing on offense? What are some adjustments we can make? What's working? What isn't? We're just kind of figuring out who's playing really well on Hazen, how we can take them down, and really just play around how the other team is really getting into it. And to add on to that question, with a fourteen to six lead, you've been in the locker room with a lead, and you've been in the locker room without a lead, and even at a tie. When it's only an eight-point game, what is the energy like in there? Is it positive or is it why are we only up by eight? Why are we not up by, I don't know, 
so twenty-one. Good. Now I would I would definitely say we're definitely a second half team, so we're really used to coming up from behind. We're not really used to having a lead like this as much. <laughs> um, but basically, we're just we're just sitting in there trying to stay focused. You know, we can't let our own we can't let our own excitement. We can't let it, ourselves beat ourselves. You know, we're out there. We're thinking, oh my God, we're up fourteen in the first quarter. Garrett just absolutely destroyed this kid in the end zone you like you 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 have that in your head and you 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 get you start taking plays off and you can't get in that mindset you just got to stay focused all four quarters of the game because in the end of the at the end of the day you got to play two halves of football and and max i know uh, last year when we interviewed jack Durant, i believe he said eli fay he was more of a a vocal or not as much of a vocal leader more of a lead by example type of guy who is the guy in the locker room whether it's cold Drayton, we know how animated he can be in the halls and on the field or maybe Chase Shave, or maybe Jack Turner. Who's the one guy in the locker room that you think stands out that maybe gives the halftime speech to, or is on the sideline trying to pep the rest of the team up? Now, if we're not talking about Cole Drayton, I'd definitely have to say Tommy Burke. Tommy Burke oh, was, yes. was unable to play tonight. Um, he is currently within return protocol for COVID-19. Um, however, Tommy is just hes absolutely electric. He gets everybody focused. Um, and he he he's always he's always keeping all of us strung together, and he's making sure at least playing O line that everybody knows their assignment and everybody knows what to do. And being the most senior of all of us, he was he he played with the the rest of the line last year. And when four of the five graduated, he he taught the new guys us basically how to do everything and the different schemes that we hadn't run on JV C team. And he's just he's always vocal. He's just Tommy Burke. That's all I can really say about him. He's a he's a great locker room presence, a great presence on the field. He should be down playing tonight, but it's a shame. And finally, our last question. I know we've been firing yeah. on at you. It's it's a treat to have a player come yeah. up to the booth. But Gabe, I have you answer this too. I know I I think you have to stay with yours. Max, every single game we have our pick to click. Who is your pick to click for the second half? Someone who you really think is gonna be the shining star on the field. Now, I think Garrett Rogan has had a phenomenal first half. Um, if we're looking at offensive players, I would definitely say Jack Derner. He's got a lot of targets. I think he's really waiting to get a catch here. And obviously, we know that he's leading Kinko in receiving yards. He's doing a phenomenal job down there. I think Derner's really going to come yeah. out with some sort of crazy catch, as he usually does. For the people that heard the interview that we had with him at halftime, he said... He doesn't want to be too confident and go for 200 yards. He doesn't want to be too conservative and go for 50 yards. He projected himself to be around 100 yards this game, so that's going to all come in the second half. We'll see what happens as Samir Lumba and the rest of this Islanders kicking team is on the field getting ready to go, almost acting like they're they're imposing their will against this Hazen team who's waiting on the sideline watching as they get prepared. They have not taken the field yet, but as this third quarter starts, once again, if you're just joining us here on KMIH, the Islanders are leading it by a score of 14 to 6. And Scott, we asked Will Peller in this in the second quarter, when do you think the Islanders start, even though I know it's still a very, very close game, but they've got the lead. When do you think they start leaning even more heavily to Vince Catano, Chase Shavy in that run game? I think they need to jump out to a 14-point lead again to get back to that. He has been dominant so far. He has 41 yards, or sorry, yeah, he has 41 yards on the ground say he's at about 28 so they have been able to get movement there but I think it's really going to have to start with the pass and then move to the rushing attack so Samir Lumba getting ready to kick it deep for Mercer Island and they're all maroon jerseys and 
for the Hayes and Highlanders. Their white jerseys, number 17, is going to take it to the right-hand side, try to dart through the gap, gets across the 30-yard line, and to the 31, number 17, that's Miguel Roja. At number eight, Mitchell Fisher in on Mitch the tackle. Fisher. You know, I, I shared a connection with Mitch Fisher. I know this is kind of off topic, but <laughs> two different leagues. We both had Lamar Jackson up by one point, and he fumbled on the last play of the game. So, you know, I Gabe's I can, been holding this grudge for the I past can, week. He had to let it out on air. <laughs> I just I need as many people to hear about that as possible because one of the tougher experiences maybe in my entire life. Um, <laughs> but we'll see if he bounces back. Well, hopefully, Sunday. unlike Lamar. The Islanders can retain their lead yeah. for us and, well, not, let's and not let you down again, Gabe. Makai Whitney, I know you're not Lamar, but let's see if you fumble here on this play. As he sends a man in motion. Gives it's a like a jet sweep to the yeah, left. A little swing pass outside. That's number eight, Miguel Rosario, and he's going to jet across, yeah, jet across to the 44-yard line. You know, it's perfect that you're here, Max, because Jack Derner, he's such a star on the offensive side, but can you talk about the role he plays sometimes on defense as well? Oh, and definitely, you, you saw him, he almost, uh, he almost got a pick earlier, he almost got a sack. He's really, you could see the blood in his eyes on the sideline. He really wants to just to make a difference on defense. And they haven't really been thrown to his side all that much, but he's really looking to make a play here. Makai Whitney has number 28, his right-hand man, Manuel Parada, two. His left shifts, shifts him over to the right-hand side. The offensive line gets set. Takes the snap, fakes the handoff. Now a little pass down the seam. Oh, it's interception. Chase Shavey, he's got it. What a great play there by Chase Shavey, the captain, the safety. We know he's a playmaker on offense, but on that time, he is their star man in the back line for this defense, nodding his head as he goes to the sideline. What a great play there by Shavey, waiting with open arms for that pass that sailed just over the head of the receiver. Yeah, and a great job by Chase Shavey there. And he was in the perfect spot. He didn't even have to move the ball right into his numbers. Um, great job there. And kind of a off throw, I would say, by the least, by the Hazen quarterback. Fahey has Katana to his left. Katana's going to act as a blocker here. Now Fahey's He's going deeper. Xander open. Peck. Oh, oh, he drops the ball. Xander Peck. That, you know, that's my pick to click for this game. Uh, Xander Peck, we know this is his first year playing football, but he is a speedster, and he can really do it all from the slot receiver position. Max, you know, I want to ask you a question. I've always wondered this, and this is something that I've, we've been, obviously all of us have been watching football for years, but the offensive linemen all have different rituals before each play. We see the, the players for Hayes and they stand out and they sit down. What is that like? Mercer Island doesn't really have a huge one, but. Um, it's obviously on the O-line, it's a lot of different things. We're looking at the center. we got to make sure his feet are set because the guards can't get set until the center yeah, is down. Quick, Jack Derner with quick the Quick outside here. pass there to Jack Derner. His first reception of the game there on a second and 10. Gets to the 49-yard line of Mercer Island. So still in their own territory, but now with 11 minutes and 18 seconds left to go. In this third quarter of action, Islanders leading by 8 points, 14-6. to six. And their star receiver gets his first reception of the night. And back to the O-line, uh, if you guys want to watch him line up here, you're going to see the, uh, the center. I believe it's Logan right now. Uh, he's going to come up, and the guards are going to watch him set his feet. Once the guards set their feet, then the tackles are going to set it down, and then they're going to start looking. Where are the linebackers? Where, are there any corners coming creeping down? You've got to make sure that you have your quarterback protected. Yeah, he's going to oh, look back Xander again. Peck again. Peck's going to catch it that Peck time. Peck 30. Xander Peck. What a great play there. A corner route from the slot. And Peck, his first big explosive play of the night. We knew it was going to come eventually. That man can run, and he's now going to run off to the sideline. 
10.46 left to go in the third quarter. Wow, Gabe, you know, I thought Derner was going to start popping off after he got that catch, and, you know, then Xander, after he got the little dropsies, he's, you know, he's, that's a, what, 20-some yards he just went down there in double coverage. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't the greatest of Low snaps there. to Fahey. He's got oh. Cole Drayton down the oh. seam. Oh, and Cole Drayton double-teamed there by the safety uh, and the, the slot corner there, so Cole Drayton unable to corral that ball. Yeah, and after that completion to Xander Peck, Eli Fahey is now over the 100-yard mark at 106 passing yards on the game, 41 rushing yards, and you can't forget that he's thrown two touchdowns on the night. So an overall well-rounded game from Eli, and we are just really in the beginning of the third quarter. Yeah, the rain coming down here tonight as well. Week three of the high school football season. Another low snap for Fahey. He takes it in and does a little screen oh, pass to Jack, Jack Derner. Derner. Jack Derner, who's going to get picked up by his right leg and pushed down the rest of his team. Cole Drayton calling for a flag there, but it looks like it's not going to be called. Still enough for a first down, the referee signaling. That was a huge play there on third and ten. A little screen pass to Derner. And now the Islanders are at the 16-yard line. Fahey, Cole Drayton going to line up just on the left-hand side of the left tackle there. Vince Catano in the backfield. Two receivers to Fahey's right. Garrett Rogan alone to the, to the left. It's going to be a little handoff there. Catano, he's got room on the left-hand side, barreling forward. Got a seven-yard gain there. Great play there by Catano on the first down run. How important is that, Scott, on that first down to get a good run play to set up a second down and short? Yeah, and first off, I'd like to say great job by Vince Catano. Not just immediately attack, attacking the hole, kind of being patient, seeing what opens up, and then attacking the gap. And, I mean, just a huge play to get eight yards on your first carry, and now the Islanders really can have their whole playbook open. Yeah, and I mean, you didn't think that Catano was going to be playing as much this yeah, year. Here's but he's Fahey rolling oh. out to his left. He's got two men chasing him, but he's going to finally dart back over to the right-hand side. He's got Asking the quarterback sneaker to block there with Jack Turner. Fahey into the end zone. What a great quarterback run. Started on the left-hand side, wheeled all the way around to the right. Oh, my. M.I. Fahey throws two touchdowns in the first half and then decides... It's my time to shine and runs it in himself. 20-6, to six, Islanders lead it by two scores. Scott, what a great run there by Eli Fahey. We know he's a dual-threat quarterback, but that was special. And you, you watch him there. He was down so far back. It looked like he was about to take a sack there. Protection absolutely collapsed, running from two of the huge D linemen, and he just managed to escape. And you really just see how Eli is just such a dual-threat. You cannot leave him in the pocket like that. And even though he was getting chased by two people he was he had ample room to run yeah i mean just we've seen the mobility from eli all night long recognizing that he doesn't have it on the left side goes I mean, it was only an eight yard rush in the stat book but it looked more like a 50 yard run with everything he did behind the line of scrimmage great job and then the thing that i thought was the most impressive pointing to jack derner get this man and i will be in the end zone great recognition by eli fahey for the Islanders to take a comfortable 21-6 yeah. to six And lead. Lumba kicks the extra point in. Max, I want to ask you, you're an offensive lineman. What is it like when your quarterback, the, like you said, the production collapses a little bit, but 
when you make a mistake, when you've got a quarterback like Eli Fay who, who can run around, how does that make you feel knowing that your quarterback behind you can make some plays and not just a statue in the pocket? Uh, and I mean, obviously, uh, we, we crack a few jokes for him at times. You know, we make him a great pocket and 85% of our plays and all he does is roll out of it. <laughs> but, I mean, just there's, there's going to come a time when someone misses a block. You know, it's just, gonna, it's just bound to happen. And just knowing that Eli is going to be able to escape like that, it, it really... Obviously, it doesn't feel good to miss that block, but it takes the weight off our shoulders, definitely. And it was just a shame watching him um, uh, have to come out in the uh, second half of the the game in week one. Yeah, against Auburn Riverside, Spencer Kornblum came in and actually put on a show in the fourth quarter. And Samir Lumba, just to show how, how much the wind is affecting this game, he's about to go for the kickoff. The ball trickled off the tee, but this time around, he's going to kick it away. A little nice kick, whip kick, bounces the ball. off. A Hazen player, and he takes a knee at the 19-yard line. Whether that was intentional or not, we don't know. Well, I would hope it's not intentional for his sake because not smart to fall down at the 19-yard line, but that's where Makai Whitney and this Hazen offense will take over. 9-16 left to go in the third quarter of action. 21-6, Mercer Island leading. And, Max, we're going to ask you for a little insight here, but not too much because we don't want you to give the whole playbook away. Oh, of course. Tell us what type of defense can we kind of expect from the Islanders in a general way that doesn't give out, obviously, as I said, a little too much. Now, obviously, we all, we were big on running the um, the six-man box, the three backers and the three O-linemen, the three tech. Um, we really like the having the two dogs and the safeties back there, and it, it really um, it helps us out. I can provide a little bit more insight against playing against Hazen. Number six is definitely a scud. Makai really has the legs for it, and we've been told that just to watch the QB sneaks, he's not afraid to do it, as yeah. we saw earlier. Um, just this defense is always like going to have to play run first against a quarterback like that who has the legs and has the size to be able to move in that direction. Here goes a second down pass. Oh, he fell over. the receiver... Number 11 for Hazen, that's Jonathan Chavez. After a first down, uh, Mitch Fisher tackle, made it second and eight. That second down play sails over the head of Chavez and will set up a third down and eight from the Highlanders' own 21-yard line. Yeah, and a quiet night from Nick Fuchs, but that was, that's what you want if you're a corner, a quiet night, because you don't want to be giving up yards. Great job by Nick Chitalis, just not having to do anything crazy, just not letting the receiver get to the ball. Great job once again by him. Already has two deflections on the night. Whitney dropping back. He's got rushers. Mitch Fisher falling closely behind him. It's going to be a great oh. reception there by Rosari, Rosario. And on a third down and eight, just gets enough. The nine yards there to pick up the first down. A really, really good bullet pass there by Makai Whitney to fire it in. And then extending his arms out was Miguel Rosario, the senior receives the pass from the junior. It sets up first and 10 from the 31-yard line of Hazen. Now 8-19 to go in the third quarter. Whitney, one running back to his right. It's going to be a fake handoff. Now a quick little screen pass out to the right-hand side, juking one defender and then shoved out of bounds. Getting thrown out of bounds. I believe that was number three, Abe Rose, and number four, Alex Espinoza on the tackle. Scott, in the first game we saw Alex Espinoza have an amazing interception on the first drive of the game. Uh, he is, I believe what you call that, that dog position for Mercer Island. Yeah, the dogs who play a linebacker safety hybrid, and he, let's just say he opened the season in the school year with a bang, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. 
And a handoff inside on a second down and short is going to be enough for the first down for Manuel Parada, the junior running back there. Junior quarterback and a junior running back for this Hazen team. So a lot like last year for Mercer Island, they they had a lot of juniors playing, including you, Max. And now, <laughs> oh, looks like one of oh. the who's, – who is that? That's looking like Number Michael 74. 74, that's A.J. Wolf. Oh, A.J. Wolf. Jumping off sides. He knew it immediately, too, and there he goes, scrambling off the field. Helmet. I will say, the Hazen's O-line strategy of going down, up, Yeah, I and was asking you this. Like, it is, what's up it, with it? That? It, it uh, is successful. It, don't get me wrong. We've seen it a few different times from a few different teams before. What a great yeah, QB sneak there QB sneak. by Makai Whitney on a first and five. A five-yard QB sneak. Six. It's, like a, it's like a herd of arm like fire ants just rumbling <laughs> across the field together and the QB sneak. You know, you did something Scott. I've never heard before. Compare fire ants to football. Well done. Especially the O-linemen. I mean, they're not the smallest dudes on the team. I'm going to be honest. They're pretty huge. A handoff down the middle this time and Cole Drayton there immediately to stuff the run after a gain of four yards there on first and ten. So great play there by the running back to lean forward a little bit and get a few extra yards. And getting back to their offensive line, we've seen a lot of teams... Uh, all, all put their hands down in the dirt at the same time. A lot of different rituals like that, but we've never seen something like this. We haven't played Hazen in quite a while. A stiff arm here by Whitney, and he's going to get out of bounds, maybe just short of the first down marker. Oh, they're only going to give him two or three yards there. And, and as a left guard, I mean, you watch them go up and down like that. I, I, I can't imagine it's for anything other than to try and get people to jump off sides. I have absolutely no idea what they're doing out there. Maybe they're trying to get but some I mean, extra squats in. At the very least, it's working. A screen high pass. pass here on the screen pass by Whitney. Yeah, I mean, in his debut, Cole Drayton already up to six tackles, a quiet six tackles because yeah. they're, they're all coming on these run plays right up the A and B gap. And right then we see Cole Drayton just immediately attack, attacking because... We know he loves to blitz. We know he loves to land those ferocious tackles as we have already seen multiple times tonight. Six minutes, 15 seconds left to go here in this third quarter. A fourth down and four, but Whitney and his bunch will stay on the field here for this fourth down. Sends a man in motion. This is a huge play here. And oh, oh, what, what a, a great, great shot. Great tackle there in the backfield. That is number eight, Mitch Fisher And Mitch on Fisher tackle. came through like a cannon. He got shot out of a cannon, and wow. I mean, that me that may be one of the nicest blitzes I've ever seen from a dog. That was absolutely nuts. He came off so fast, there was nobody there to block him. It Charging was, in like a rhino there, Mitch Fisher. Absolutely ridiculous. We'll have to dap him up for that one later. <laughs> what a <laughs> shot. And next time you see him, make sure you congratulate him on that play with 6.09 left to go in the third quarter. He'll probably remember it, won't he? That was a great oh, play. I wouldn't forget. Eli Fahey. On his own 46-yard line, up 21-6. to The man that just ran in the score to start off the third quarter gets another shot to extend this lead even further. Here goes Fehi, dropping back to pass. He's got plenty of time, launching it way downfield to his favorite target, Turner, oh. over his head. And incomplete. The ball rolling to the back of the end zone. There goes a little fifth grader there. Has to go all the way past the track, getting across the end zone. And let's see if he retrieves the ball well. Number two there. Uh, and he picks it up. A nice, little, <laughs> a nice little scoop there. And, and here he comes running back. Love to see that from the youth program. Yeah, that's, you know, um, one of the shavies 
Quinn Shavy was actually a ball boy, and now he's on the team. So who knows? Maybe they're they're breeding some football stars there. Yeah, and I know one of the kids down there is um, one of the Nayers, uh, the brother of Callum Nair, who is unfortunately is also not playing tonight. Um, it's been awesome to watch him grow, and we'll see if he takes up to football just like his brother. Phenomenal read by yeah, Fahey there. Goes Eli Fahey on the quarterback keeper on a second down and 10. Gets just a yard or two, but Max, you're right. That was a, a good job to keep the ball there and take it himself. And Fahey, even though it's only a one-yard run, he cracks to the number 50. He is at 50 rushing yards for the night. And Max, as you said, a perfect read there. And that's what Eli's been doing all night. Had the one little miscue on the roughing the pass with the interception. But besides that, a near-perfect game from Two v one, Eli Fahey. Five and a half left to go here in this third quarter. A third down and nine. Fahey taking the snap, driving back to pass, rolling out right. Is he gonna need to use his legs again to make a big play for the Islanders? He does so. Reaches oh. out enough for the first down and a late hit there. That might be targeting. I don't know who nailed him there, but I believe Coltrane may have landed oh. a blindside block, to say the least. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but in steel drum band class. Tommy Burke said, Cole, you better not get ejected from your first game back. And then Cole goes, nah, come on, first game? Uh, so well, I they, think he's fine there. But Cole, he is an aggressive player. And uh, and usually, almost always, the Islanders are so happy about it because he's one of their stars in the team. But in that time, it's going to cost them some yards. Well, they haven't kicked the captain off yet, so it looks like he's going to stay on the field here. Definitely a warning, to say the least, though. No. Um, <laughs> Hey, protecting your quarterback, that's, that's the name of the game. Definitely did that. Yeah, yeah. and you, you saw him had to scramble there. The, 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 uh, the replacement left guard is, um, uh, I think he's a sophomore. His name is Max. He's uh, filling in for Griffin King, who um, is out with a wrist finger injury tonight. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's his, one, of his, one of his first times having to come up and swing like varsity um, and play in the big stadium and have all these fans watching him so obviously there's going to be a few nerves down there but I have no doubt with his size he's going to be able to handle that defensive end all right a deep shot one of those trademark plays is necessary here on this third and 16 from the Islanders own 40 yard line oh and Cole hands on his face there adjusting his face mask he knows he tripped there a little bit got the false start and the Islanders will make it third down and 21 Max you just mentioned Going into your first game in the big stadium, how different is it when you had that first game on the varsity team with fans in the stands? How much does it change the way you play, the way you think? Now, um, I went in a few times junior year. Obviously, O-line was pretty packed. Uh, We were really deep at that position. Didn't see the field all too much. Um, But definitely walking on the field and getting reps as a junior, absolutely terrifying. You're looking up (laughs) the stands. You see all the the people. And I guess in our case, there wasn't that many because of The COVID-19 experience. Here goes Faye taking this third down snap. He's going to need to run. Evades one tackler now, shifting out of bounds, trying to avoid the tackler. Not going to be enough for the first down, but fourth and eight is what we will see here on this next play as a Hazen player's down, maybe just cramping up there. With 5.09 left to go in the third quarter, a fourth and eight. Scott, could we see the Islanders go for it here on fourth down uh, and, and long, but they're near the midfield line? I mean, Max will have the insight on what Coach Sledge likes to do most, but from what I've, from what we have seen, I think there is actually a good chance that he does go for it. Obviously, with a two-touchdown lead with 5.09 remaining in the third quarter, if they can get this and end up in the, the promised zone. land, then 
that looks like it could very well be the game with how kind of Hazen has had a hard time moving the ball. They had that one drive, but since then, it's been pretty stale for Hazen. So I would say go for it. Max, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. We're already up 15 points. We're looking at Tommy Frank. Is that a nice night punting? And I, I don't know. I think that they might just give it to Frank and have him punt it away. Um, they're probably going to get it around the 10, and they're going to have to use that offense that hasn't been able to get a lot of ground. Yeah. And they're going to force them to charge all the way down the field and still have to try and go for two or get something going there because they are down 15. Don't forget that one touchdown that Hazen had earlier in the game was on a short field, so uh, they got the ball in plus territory. If you pin the Islanders or if you pin the Highlanders back, this Islanders defense has been stout thus far in this ball game as Tommy Frank looks to be out there and a fellow number 51 from her. Uh, 51, Tommy Frank, punting it away. Number 51, Carter Dearment. Dearment is going to be coming off. Looks like he's walking by himself, so hope he's okay for the Highlanders. And Katano, Xander Peck, the two gunners for this team from Russia. How often, Max, do you, do you see punting, kicking, special teams practice during the week? Um, we definitely, you see it a lot on Thursday. We do um, a lot of offense-defensive uh, prioritization uh, within Monday through Wednesday, but definitely on Thursday, you know, special teams can win or lose you a game. And um, you see it at the, the high school level, the collegiate level, and even in the pros. You can lose a game on special wow. teams. And you a can't... great pun here from Tommy Frank. Bounce to the 10-yard oh. line and rolls in the end zone. But the fact that he can punt it that yeah. far in high school, he's... At its own 40 and getting it well past the end zone. Tommy Frank has had one of the better legs, Gabe, I think we can. Cole Drayton was the kicker last year, was the punter last year, and Tommy took over <laughs> for him. So, And I think that may have been the right choice. I think Cole is a little better at tight end and linebacker <laughs> than punter, I just have to I, say. I mean, it was honestly good that we had Tommy to usurp him over the first game after he tore his... Um, his meniscus there and he was out so i mean it was obviously great to have frank in the backup and he's punted a great great game tonight so here comes makai whitney trotting onto the field 501 to go in the third quarter his team down by 15 they need points fast if they want to get back in this ball game and whitney takes the snap he's got some heavy rush and he's gonna throw it way downfield a jump ball and garrett rogan Deflects it right around midfield. Almost an interception there for the Islanders. Would have been an incredible play, but instead it falls incomplete, and it'll be second and 10 for Hazen. And that was A.J. Wolf there with a great, great rush in the backfield. Number six is not a slow guy, and you saw him having a run from number 74, A.J. Wolf. It was great seeing him get out there and obviously filling in. You don't expect somebody backing up to really make that sort of uh, make that sort of pressure to get Garrett to break that up, but A.J. Wolf definitely was a factor on that play. Yeah, Max filling on the D-line, I fell on the defensive backs. Almost reminiscing of Garrett's touchdown, a jump ball, and he almost made another great Randy Moss 2.0 play. Here goes Whitney, a quick pass, fires it to number 11. That's Chavez, and it's incomplete there on the third, or second and 10, so third and 10 now from the Hazen 20-yard line. Interesting, two passes down the field, Scott. I'll go to you for this one. And now they find themselves at third and ten. You would think if they just did a QB run, maybe a short pass, they would find themselves in a lot better situation. Interesting play call there. Yeah, I think they know that this Islanders defense has 
been very stout. So what are they going to do? Have to break the big one. Yeah. These small plays have not been working all night. And I expect the house to come. A blitz, like you called it, Scott, and a quick pass to the outside falls incomplete. Intended once again for Chavez. And here comes fourth and ten. Whitney looking over to his coach, not happy that he's going to have to come off the field. Well, he actually won't come off the field. He's one of the blockers on the punt team. Which is, I, I love that about high school football. You see the quarterback, oh, he's the long snapper. Wow. <laughs> and, well, and, and let's, welcome to high school. And, and obviously on our side of the ball, Nick Chitalis, number two, is our long snapper. For not being one of the biggest guys out there, it's definitely fun seeing him. But let's check out this punt here. He uh, actually does oh. seem to get it a little bit far. And here goes Chase Shavey on the he's return across the He's getting the run here. And to the 34-yard line, Chase Shavey. Great field position there for the Islanders. Scott, we already mentioned in the first half, high school football is really about field position. That is what, in my opinion, is the main factor, and this has to feel good. And for me, Gabe and Max, I think I want to see them use this field position and get Vincent, or Vince, as we all know him, going. He currently has 41 yards on the ground. I want to see him break 50 on this drive. We've seen him be a power runner, go through those gaps, take the corner, and really kind of move this whole offensive line and defensive line at times, I want to see him get going on this drive. And he's one of the many juniors, remember, that had to step up after Jack Rowe's unfortunate uh, injury um, in a jamboree, actually, before. Oh, and here goes Fahey trying to pass it out wide. Incomplete there on first and 10. Intended for number 16, Davis Johnson. But definitely Rowe um, not being able to play before the season even started was definitely a huge, huge blow to the Islanders. Phenomenal running back last year really hit the hole, and it was just a shame uh, not having him this season. Um, but Vince Catano has definitely been one of the many juniors to step up, and as we've seen, he's had a great night tonight. You can hear the fans and the band making a lot of noise here to help encourage this Islanders team. A second down and 10 from the 34 of Hazen. Fahey takes the low snap, finds Cole Drayton down the middle of the field, getting across the 20, headbutting number Eight Miguel Rosario across the 18-yard line, and that's where the Islanders will have it inside the red zone, first down and 10. And finally, seeing Cole Drayton tonight, obviously, he's coming off a little bit sluggish, but wow, that was a great catch and run and a great hit at the end of the catch by Cole Drayton. Yeah, and finishing off his 16, his 16-yard catch, and great job by Fahey hitting him in stride, and that is so important in these games, hitting them in stride and allowing them to Get that yak. Chase Shavy to the right of Eli Fahey. Fahey takes the snap. He's got a blitzer coming, so he's going to roll out to his left. He has Cole Drayton open in the end zone. Doesn't see him. Instead, dumps it off to Chase Shavy, who will get about five yards there on the first down and ten. So that'll bring up a, a second and five or six. Fahey in this offense. If they score here... We'll go up 28-6 to six with the Lumba extra point, and that may make it out of reach with only three minutes left to go in this third quarter of play. So. And, and we'll see. Let's see if we run some sort of post-slant route here. A Derner coming off Derner the coming off for uh, Davis Johnson here. Davis made a huge splash in week one, and we're going to have to see what they decide to do with Johnson here. Fahey has Shavy once again to his right. He's a threat out of the backfield to catch a pass. Fahey dropping back, stepping up to his left, avoiding some defensive linemen, throwing across his body intended for number 13, Addison King, and it's incomplete. Third down, upcoming. 
And I will say, Fahey has looked very elusive this game. We have seen him multiple times make the correct read, which with these almost near 300-pound defensive linemen coming at you, full speed is not easy. Making the right read, going the right way, and consistently finding those small gaps and putting the ball in perfect position. This third down and six attempt from the 14-yard line. Shavy on the a left huge side. Huge play for Mercer Island. Shavy gonna shift over to the right hand side of the line. A low snap to Fahey. Rolling out to his right like he always does. Now shifting back left, back right, juking some defenders, looking to pass deep into the end zone. It's caught for the touchdown. What a great play there. Fahey found his man in the back right end zone. Let's see who that is. Is that Number 16, Davis, Davis Johnson. Johnson. Yep, you saw him come off for Derner there, and I know Davis is faster than most people would expect. He yeah. isn't sizing up pretty huge, but wow, can he make a play and get into the end zone, as we saw in week one and in week two. And another oh my, am I, as we like to say here on 88.9, the bridge makes 27-6, to and here goes Lumba's extra point, Max. We love Lumba here on KMIH. Talk about what, let's see, I don't want him to, I don't want to jinx it for him. Okay, yeah. He what a through. great shot through the upright there. Lumba, Samir has just been a great presence on the team. Obviously, coming in last year, never touched the football field before, and he's he came off of the soccer team, and somebody told him, to, you know, get on the football field, and um, he's actually uh, accrued four stars as a yeah. kicker for the Islanders. Yet to miss a field goal attempt or an extra point this season. Samir is having another great year as he did following up last year for the Islanders. And it's just great. We've seen him go to camps and just watching him fall in love with the game, just as many of us have. Getting to watch him uh, fall in love with it in real time and just knowing that he has a lot more seasons to left to play for the Islanders is just really heartwarming to see. And I'm glad that he's out there playing his heart out and playing really well. Yeah, definitely a good story for Samir and another good story for the Islanders, guys. Eli Faye has now completed passes to eight different wow. receivers. Um, he has completed to eight different receivers. He has 152 yards on the game through the air, 50 rushing yards, and then obviously the three passing touchdowns with the run rushing touchdown. All, go- all I got to say, as you said earlier, Gabe, I'd want him on my high school fantasy football team. <laughs> Another squibbed kick there yeah, that, from Lumba. That's been very effective as number 17, Miguel Rocha, only gets to the 15-yard line, 14 or 15-yard line of Hazen. So 2.46 left to go in the third quarter. The Islanders leading 28-6. to And they are, their defense is in good shape. And the thing I like the most is right after that touchdown, I looked at the sideline and see Fahey taking practice snaps, taking no time off, not celebrating his touchdown, but going back to work and taking snaps with Logan, just constantly preparing for the next drive. And that's what has made the Islanders so great tonight. Both sides of the ball, even the special teams, being near perfect. And that has led to a huge 28-6 lead. Here comes the Highlanders. Handoff to number 28, Parada. And he's going to get stuffed there. No gain. Tackled by the legs. And second down and 10. Luke Michael bust on another great hit in the backfield. Really coming off as another one. Another one of these. Juniors. Not even. Sophomore. Oh, wait, he's a freshman, isn't he? No, sophomore. It said, oh, well. Uh, I could the, be wrong on that. It, it says freshman on the stat sheet here, so. I could be incorrect, but I do believe he is a sophomore. 
And once again, you're listening to Cam Mayich, Mercer Island, 88-9 the bridge. The Mercer Island Islanders have a convincing 28-6 lead over Hazen with just 2-11 remaining in the third quarter. And a third down is converted by the running back for Hazen. And um, that will bring up a first and 10 from the 30, nope, 28 yard line of Hazen. They've got to make some fast plays here, and it's a snap into the ground. Looks like that might be a false start or something for the Highlanders. That could drop them all the way back to their 23. There's got to be some sort of sense of urgency if you are the Hazen Highlanders because down three scores now, Max. It looks like if they don't score quick, it might be out of reach. 100%. And I did look. He is a sophomore. I know my wow, players. Wow, you know him better than, than, than the statistician. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's hey. impressive stuff. And, I mean, he, he played pretty well last year. And uh, just seeing him come in. Coming in for another player, Ethan Hackman, just watching him really explode up the middle and getting a lot of backfield tackles. It's just been great to watch as we see a Hazen player down on the field here. So with this injury, we're going to take a quick break here on 88-9, the bridge. When we come back, more action from this third quarter of play. Islanders lead at 28-6. In 2019... 3,000 lives were claimed by distracted driving. Distracted driving includes talking on your phone, talking to people in the car, texting on your phone, and not paying attention to the road while in control of a vehicle. Way too many people have been affected by distracted driving. If you want to help, you can inform people that you know about distracted driving and the statistics surrounding it. Spread the word and lower the amount of victims that distracted driving claims each year. I'm Ryan McNeil. This is KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. It's Islanders football only on KMIH Mercer Island, 88.9 The Bridge. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge. Third quarter of action continues here as the Hazen Islanders have it first and 10 on their own 28-yard line, currently down 28-6. The Islanders playing host in the jungle to this Highlanders squad, and they have looked very impressive so far Two Garrett Rogan touchdowns in the first half really set the standard. Then a Fahey run and a uh, number 16 for the Islanders, Davis Johnson. Reception in the back of the end zone made it 28-6 to just to the one Miguel Rosario touchdown reception for the Highlanders. A deep pass here for Hazen. Falls incomplete. It was on the Islanders' 35-yard line. Would have totally shifted the field there, but incomplete. And that will bring up a... Third down and 10. Yeah, and I mean, you saw the trips look there. That was, um, they, they, they just got to start taking these deep shots, and it's just going to get easier and easier for the Islanders here because they know that they are up by 22. And Mackay's got a, he's got a whole, whole field ahead of him. Rolling out to his left here, throwing. Oh, he's got a man open. That's number 11, Jonathan Chavez. And they're going to say he was out of bounds, didn't get that foot in. And it looked like he didn't have possession there. He, he seemed to he had a wow. quick He had a little bobble, he, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, the, the Islanders' defense knows that 
they're going to have to start throwing it more and more, and they're just going to start running more of the cover four looks, and they're going to start protecting the deep part of the field. You know, as much as this game has been really a blowout for Mercer Island, they, Hazen Highlanders will bring out their punt unit because they're still not out of it even if they punt this away. Yeah, and I was going to say, it almost feels like the modified white flag with them punting it because this Islanders offense has been so efficient. Yeah, in this second half, they've been great. Oh, oh it's another blocked punt there by Mercer Island, and it, it did get a nice little roll for Hazen. Gets to the 49-yard line there, so. I don't even think that one was blocked. Is that just, just a shame? Uh, I want, just, I want to get the punter hasn't, Their punter hasn't been kicking well tonight, and it's just a shame watching that I want that to get dribble. the benefit of the doubt to the. Let's just say we are happy punter. we have Tommy Frank. Yeah, Tommy, oh. Tommy the Fridge Frank. The, the Frankinator. The, yeah, we we love know, nicknames here on 89. Just, just, yeah, just as long as you make sure not to run into the fridge, you should be all good. Yeah, that, that, is, that is a man that he, when he is in my, my math class, oh. you, he stands out. I'll tell you that much. He's a soccer player. He's a, isn't he a lacrosse player? He's a, he's a lacrosse. He's, he does all sorts of sports. He's an athlete for sure. And Catano. speaking of athletes, Vince Catano, who's had a pretty solid game. The junior gets about five yards there on that first down carry to the 43-yard line of Hazen with under a minute left here in this third quarter, 40 seconds left to go. Second and four here. Jack Derner on the field. Jack and Derner and Cole Drayton, probably the two stars, the two best weapons for Eli Fahey overall have had a little bit of a slow night, but Garrett Rogan has definitely picked up the slack there and a lot of junior uh, players making great impacts as well. Another and, and, great And Vince rush. Catano, speaking of juniors, two runs, 11 yards, and that's enough for a first down on that second down run. 17 seconds, and I believe they're going to wind the clock down here. I'd be surprised if the Islanders take a snap. Yep, they will let this clock run out. And with that... At the end of the third quarter, the Islanders are going to have 152 passing yards, 101 rushing yards yeah. on the day. So really being a, a very consistent team on the ground and on the air. But that is going to do it for me tonight, and I'm going to pass it on to Gabe Goddisman, Max Taylor, and Will Pellerin. Thank you, Scott. As always, a star in the making in the broadcasting world. 110%. Look at that man. All right, so with that, we are going to move into the fourth quarter and got a little announcement to make from the Mercer Island Girls Basketball Booster Club. The Mercer Island Girls Basketball team invites you to participate in tryouts for the fall and winter select girls basketball season. The teams will be forming for girls in grades 5 through 8 and are encouraged to try out regardless of their ability. Tryouts will be held Friday, October 1st, and Saturday, October 2nd, with optional tune-up clinics starting next Wednesday night. All events will be held at the peak. That's right next to Mercer Island High School. Once again, Friday, October 1st, and Saturday, October 2nd. More information about tryouts and the program can be found at MIGB.org. Once again, that's MIGB.org. And with that, that perfectly segues us into the fourth quarter of action with the Islanders having it first and 10 from the 38-yard line of Hazen. And with that, 
We welcome in Max Taylor once again, who's been great so far for us in this third quarter, and Halen out returning from the first quarter. I hand off to Vince Catano around the right-hand side. He's got a lot oh, of running across oh, the 30. That's down a touchdown. Vince Catano with the, ha- with the house call there. Oh, my. Am I? The Islanders crack the 30 mark there, and Catano, he's excited, getting a shoulder bump from his QB. And, wow, that must feel good for the Islanders. They really extend this lead to 28 points. And I was telling you, Gabe, earlier, the run game is going to be a big deal. And as it just showed, it is. Yeah, Vince Catano has had a great second half. Really capped it off there with that run. We'll see what he can do further in the game because now the Islanders leading by four scores. You would think that they're going to get a lot more running in the future. And the right side of the offensive line, a lot of credit goes to them. Not having Brett Fitzwilson tonight, number 65, absolutely huge. A great anchor. Um believe he has come down with some sort of sickness. Don't know if it's bronchitis. Don't know why he's not out there. Oh, oh no! Oh. Samir Lumba's kick gets blocked there. A little bit low. So Lumba, the the star junior kicker, misses his first extra point at home. And I'd like to think not, that he would have kicked yeah, it in if yeah, it was that, that was definitely going to go in if it wasn't blocked. So credit there to Hazen and still a 34-6 game there. So I wouldn't say there's too much of a panic for for Mercer Island, and Eli Fahey checking off, getting some water, well-deserved there as the Islanders, with 11.47 left to go in the game, lead it 34-6 once again. The Islanders are really rocking it this second half. Yeah, it's been time. really impressive to watch. Remember that Hazen closed out the first half with a really solid touchdown drive, and to think that they got the ball to start the second half, down only one score, and then the floodgates open for Mercer Island's offense. Now 34 points on the board. Yeah, I would not be surprised if they put some Spanish on this ball right here. A little onside kick. You're, you really like that term Spanish, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Putting some Spanish on it. A little it. fanciness to it. Samir Lumba. There's some players anticipating that, maybe. We'll see. As a little squib kick down quick. the middle. Across the 30, across the 10, and he it's going to be it out of bounds. So... With that, we've already seen that three or four times this game. Hazen will start the ball at the 35-yard line. He's been really close quite a few times at just almost laying the ball right down on the corner without it having going out. Another phenomenal, phenomenal kick. The squib is definitely working, and they just, they're not even bothering to, you didn't, you saw it there, they're not even bothering to return it this time. They're just going to let it roll. Samir is definitely dominating the special teams, and even with that blocked point after, still coming in huge for the Islanders. First and ten for Hazen. Here comes Makai Whitney. You think if they have any chance to come back and win this game, it's got to happen now. Number five, Jalen Irvis, the senior running back, to his right. Three receivers out wide for the white-jerseyed Hazen Highlanders. A quick pass to the outside. Miguel Rosario, he's got to try to make a couple men miss, and... Fights for a tough four yards there on the first down screenplay. And you can you can really see there wasn't much there for Mackay there. I mean, you can just see it. The yeah. Islander defense has completely stymied any attempts of Hazen trying to get the ball down the field. They're trying everything in the playbook. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we see another QB sneak sort of play here with the phalanx up front. Because at this point, 
they got to start charging down the field, and we don't want to watch them burn clock, but it's the only thing that's really worked as of late. Here goes Makai Whitney. Cole Drayton may have jumped off sides there if it wasn't a false start. Looks like they will call a false, false start against the Highlanders. They're moving yeah. back now. Yep. Yep. Cole Drayton, a star player, not going to make too many offsides mistakes like that. So that will bring up a second down and second down and 11 from the 34-yard line of Hazen High. Looks like Makai Whitney was going up, telling his offensive line a few words, and now goes back to his usual shotgun stance. One running back to his right. Fakes the handoff, a pass oh. down the middle, almost intercepted there by Chase Shavey. It went a little bit behind number 17, Miguel Rocha, and Shavey almost had his second interception of the game. Shavey keeps putting himself in good positions to get some of those interception attempts, but... And obviously you saw it. It was kind of a safety's dream there. He just got back into his drop and barely even had to move on the first interception. Yeah. He was just sitting in his zone. And, you know, when you get lucky like that, the ball comes right to you. And Chase made a great play. And doesn't get better, much better than that. So a, a flag looks like on the play. We're going to have to sort all this out. And personal foul against the offense, so that yeah. will drop them all the way back. They're getting penalized right now. A few in a row. Third down and um, 26? 10 to the ninth power. <laughs> it is quite Hazen. a while they have to third go. And, third and 26 for Hazen. 26. So, Surprised we're not you. seeing an empty backfield yeah. here. I don't know about you, but... Back. Down 34-6 with third and 26. Not necessarily the best position to be, but let's see what Makai Whitney, the junior quarterback, can make out of this in an intense road environment. A lot of fans here in attendance tonight. Whitney dropping back. back, looking forward, and I launch it way downfield. There's a lot of defenders there, oh. and Jack Turner, Chase Shavey, both there to try to inhibit the reception, and they do so very well, and it was an overthrow really about Makai Whitney trying to go for it all. It'll bring down the punt unit for the Highlanders, fourth and 26. Even though it's the fourth quarter, you really can't go for it in your own ter in your own red zone, fourth and 25 or more. Whitney here to snap. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing I love about high school football. We had... Uh, Carter Burr a few years back was the punter, the kick returner. He was everything. As Chase Shavey, speaking of a Swiss Army knife, Shavey gets to the right-hand side on this punt return. Oh. He's making a few men miss, getting across the 30, finally dragged down to the 27-yard line. We've seen what Shavey can do on the defensive end, getting an interception there on special teams, making a great punt return. And speaking of Carter Burr, he was kick returner, punt returner, punter, wide receiver, and safety. He was playing all Played over the it place. All. So. College, or excuse me, high school football is unlike anything else you'll ever see. And that's why you got to love it That's also what makes Friday it night, a lot of fun. Yeah, Friday night lights. And, you know, then you see the same guys that are on the field on Friday in the halls on Monday. And speaking of, Eli Fahey, he's a, he's a popular guy in the halls. And for good reason, he's thrown... Four touchdown passes as a touchdown run of his own. Or, excuse me, three touchdown passes as a touchdown run of his own. And now he's going to take the snap. Throw a quick little out route there to Jack Derner, and he's going to get taken down after 
Six yards. Six yards there. So a little screen pass to Jack Turner, trying to get him more involved in the offense late in this game. I'm sure that will help his morale a little bit because I'm sure he's so happy about this win. But uh, no touchdowns for him thus far, and we know that he is the leading receiver in Kinko through two games, and it's only a matter of time before he breaks out for uh, a big play here. It's still over 10 minutes left to go in the game. And i got to give a lot more praise to this offensive line. Looking now, it's only have one starter, Tommy Frank, starting on the offensive line. Everybody else, backups, um, had absolutely no idea who the center was going to be this week. Logan Ascatano takes the second down run for a first down. Logan wasn't looking like he was going to play tonight. Sam Orndorff, the sophomore, was taking snaps. And uh, thankfully, um, we had Logan come back because in the absence of Tommy and now in the absence of Griff and Brett Fitzwilson, as well as myself, Tommy Frank's having to anchor the line in the right guard position. And, yeah, as we know, offensive line is very important as that's kind of what the Seahawks struggled with yeah. with the past the few years. The chemistry, too, is what's very important. Oh, yeah, quarterback to offensive lineman. Okay, we've, got a, is big. we've got a fullback on the field here for the Islanders, a blitz by the Highlanders, and Katano's going to take it, get flipped around there in the backfield. We'll be lucky to even get net positive yardage there, stopped right around the line of scrimmage. The Islanders have it on the 18-yard line, second down, and nine. Let's see if they can get a touchdown out of this drive. I'm thinking it's very highly the way they're playing right now. Yeah, they're you, playing they're very po- good football. This is like... This is a imp- very, very impressive win. 34-6 to six, uh, and counting for Mercer Island. We'll see if they air it out. Try to run up the score a little bit. Why not? You're at home. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, this has been a fun game so far, and we've still got a lot of action to go. And here goes Fahey, dropping back oh. the pass, stepping up in the pocket, trying to avoid a few defenders getting across the 10. And will he get enough for the first down? They're going to Some throw, fat a f- flags thrown. throw a flag there, but Fahey showing his elusiveness on that one. I think that's a first down, too, if the flags do not offset it. Fahey being an absolute menace in the open a field. A menace to society, Eli You Fahey. absolutely can't. We haven't seen anybody be able to take him down in the open field yet. He's getting, and every single time he's going out to rush, he's getting five, six, seeing 20 yards out of Fahey. He's you know, doing a great job. In the opening assembly, the Welcome Back to School assembly, he, he got second place in Sharks and Minnows, so... He can he can evade some 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 people chasing after him. And let's not forget the first place yeah, in musical, musical chairs. chairs. Yeah, I was gonna time. say that he he's a winner, and you can see it here tonight because it's it's a beatdown really. That's the best way to put it. Thirty-four to six, the Islanders are giving Hazen a real tough time here. Yeah, it looks like the wind's picking up a little bit too. Looks like we're seeing Elon Gotell, the freshman, taking snaps at running back. Here goes Fahey, dropping back to pass. Oh. He's got Derner, and he just misses him there. Derner was, maybe had a step of separation there on the slant route on second down and 14, so that'll bring up a third and 14 from the 23-yard line. And the protection sort of fell apart there. Finally, Fahey gets drilled. Surprising that he walked that one off. That was not an easy hit to take, and it just another testament, another notch on the board for Eli Fahey. Max, I know you discussed that when Eli's got an open pocket, he even mentioned this last year that that's the thing he wants to improve on, trying to stay in the pocket, and there you go. We saw him there step up, 
and deliver a pass there as now he's going to just hand it off to Katana. He's going to be met immediately there by, looks like number Brandon Chin, they're saying, is the player that's going to bring him down. You know, Halen and Max, I'm waiting for number 54, Gabe Pavoda, to make a play here. I haven't called his name out yet, but I'm, I'm wanting a fellow Gabe, the, the, mm -hmm. the freshman, for Hazen to make a play. You know, you never even know. I'm an Islanders fan, but a pick six from Gabe Pavoda would not, would not be too shabby. And now on a fourth and know. 15... Glad we're speaking for ourselves here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about a pick six. Maybe a good tackle yeah, after yeah, yeah, yeah. a 20 We here in run. the box do not advocate for... Not even for Gabe Pavano. Okay, nope. here comes yeah. Samir Lumba. Standing at the 35-yard line on a fourth and 15. He's going to go for the field goal. Does he have the leg? No. Oh, looks just like short, but it looks like there's offsides in the defense there, so... Oh, they're not even going to call a flag wow. there. Seems like flag. a clear offside. Everyone there. on the field knew it. Even the defense knew it. They're going to walk off innocent until proven guilty for the The refs are Islanders. talking, though. Yeah, that was clearly offside. They are huddling up. I don't see any flags, but they are huddling up. Maybe they're talking about something. 8.17 to go in this third quarter. Oh. This is really surprising. Okay, they're going to talk it over. Wow. Not, Coming in on defense. Not, not redo that field goal. And it looks like we've got some substitutions coming in. Xander Peck going to start in on the outside corner uh, for, uh, for... And uh, just again, uh, talking about our offensive line, I think Sam Orndorff has been doing a phenomenal job I taking agree. a few snaps. I mean, that's a big job for a freshman. He is He's a sophomore. not a freshman. He's a oh. sophomore. Still a big job, though. Oh, yeah. And a handoff here goes to number five, Jalen Irvis. And the offensive line can't hold up, uh, unlike Sam Orndorff, who's done a great job. Yep. Center's a hard job. I used to play center back in eighth grade, and uh, let's just say there's a reason I'm not playing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> was, Baseball is more of my, yeah, a lot my of these, sport. A lot of these players play lacrosse. I was a good lacrosse player until fourth oh. grade when they introduced pads, and I said, no, that's enough for me. <laughs> not one with the physical. Yeah, I, I'm glad I'm doing radio. People can't see me. I'm not. If you saw me walking in the halls, I would not be scaring you too much. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. Uh, well, sometimes, sometimes it's nice to see a friendly face in the hallway. Yeah, it's 34-6, so we can go off on little tangents as much as we want. A, a great play there by Jalen Irvis, trucking a defender, getting maybe getting three yards there on the second and six. He'll bring up a third down and short. Clock winding down, 7.30 to go here in this fourth quarter. All but over. Mercer Island dominating this game. From start to finish, really, went into halftime with only a 14-6 lead. In hindsight, we know that that was going to be extended. Oh, we oh, got a fumble, fumble here. here. And it's going to oh. be picked up. Oh, still scrambling around. Let's see who's Can't on it. There's see. a huge it pile. It looks like the Islanders had it at I the end there. A huge room. pile right around the 29-yard line, and it looks like the Highlanders retrieved it. So that will bring up fourth down. And it was an open run there for Jalen Urbis, but he just lost control of the ball and fumbled it. So with that... We will bring up a a fourth down and one here for Makai Whitney. He's going to take the fourth down snap. Oh, Makai takes it himself. Does he have does enough? It? I think he, he got reaches, there. He reaches, just has enough. And with that, I'm pleased to bring along Will Pellerin, who's going to be taking the last seven minutes of this ball game. And, Will, what have you seen in this fourth quarter uh, and third quarter for Mercer Island that, that's really 
kind of caught your eye as the best things that they've done to really extend this lead to 34 to 6. I mean, our defense has looked amazing. I, I know we've been good on the offensive side of the ball, but uh, we've been doing a really good job of breaking out some of the deep passes that they go with, and they really have not had a lot of luck getting completions. Uh, so I think that's really important, especially in these kind of games, is just keep them down. Can't let them get any momentum. The junior, Makai Whitney, has had an up-and-down day. He threw an interception to Chase Shavey, but he's been a pretty good player running the ball, and he's going to take a short pass here to the oh. outside, a little screen pass. Almost Looks intercepted. Like Jonathan, Jonathan Chavez had to fall to even get that ball, and so that screen pass maybe gets one or two yards there. Buried by Savage there, almost intercepted. That was a very risky throw, but, I mean, Makai's got no choice. They Six minutes left to play, barring a miracle. It's looking like it's going to be a two-and-one season for the Islanders. And a winning record as we really get deeper into the season where the games start to really matter in this district, Kinko. We're going to see if this Islanders team can keep this winning streak alive, and it's going to be a pass really to no one. Number 54 for Mercer Island, Archer Reed, almost got his hands on it to get an interception, but it will fall incomplete. And it'll bring up a fourth down and seven yards to go from Hazen's own 34-yard line. And they're going to keep their offense on the field, of course. 5.50 left to go in the game as the, the clock will definitely move faster when the Islanders have the ball because they're going to be trying to chew this clock. For Hazen, they've got some juniors on their squad, so every snap is, is a way to practice for the future. And here goes the fourth down play. Rolling to his right is Whitney. He's going to look to pass. Does he have a man oh. open? Oh, and number... Eight there, Rosario just tripped up on the out route. And here come the Islanders back onto the field. We'll see if Eli Fahey stays on the field. I'll be curious to see. Okay, yeah, Fahey's getting his helmet on with 5.46 left to go. So remember, they have practice Monday through Thursday. Uh, and when you're up by 28 on a Friday, you can use that as practice too, I guess. So here comes Fahey going back onto the field. Do you know who we have behind Fahey? Uh, Spencer Kornblum is the... Um... Yeah, Spencer Kornblum, he's going to be... He's only a sophomore. He's going to be a very, very good quarterback for this Mercer Island team. He came in in the second half against Auburn Riverside. Had a shaky first couple snaps, but after that, he looked amazing throwing the ball all over the place. So, very exciting future for Mercer Island. And we'll be excited to bring it to you, the future generation of 88-9, the bridge, too, here. Eli Fahey has Katano to his left. It's going to be a handoff to Katano. A little counter play. Shifting inside, getting past a few defenders. Tumbling across the 30-yard line down to the 29. I want to see 40 here from Mercer Island. Will and Max, I don't know about you guys, but with 5.30 to go, the Islanders are in plus territory. And Jack Turner's coming off the field and will be replaced by number 25, Elon, Elon Gotell, Gotell. The freshman, freshman safety, looking very, very good. Uh, and one of the jamborees we had, two interceptions wow. on the first defensive series. A great job by Elon, and definitely we can see why he's coming onto the field right now. Yeah, he appears to be uh, one out of the two only freshmen on this varsity team. Uh, so that's a pretty impressive feat just by itself. Oh, Ooh, quick screen hit. pass there to number 19, Tyler Price, the junior, and he hobbles he, off. Yeah, he gets hit hard there on the ground there by Jalen Irvis and... No flag there, but definitely a little bit chippy. Looks like he got the wind knocked out of him. Lying over on the sideline, number 23 comes in. Here comes Xander Peck on the field place. for Elon Gotell. Be interesting to see if they... Jack Derner is... 
not on the field right now, but they would get him back in, maybe get a, a classic Jack Turner touchdown to end the night. We will have to see. Fahey, the chief of this Mercer Island offense, hands it off down the middle to Katano on the third down and four. Under five minutes left here in the game now, and it'll bring up a fourth down. We'll see from the 30-yard line. Maybe they'll bring out Samir Luma to try a, what, 50-yarder? Who knows, but uh, it looks like... Is the offense going to stay on the field? Yeah, I think they will. This is kind of no man's land now at the 29-yard line. So up 28 points. This isn't necessarily... I wouldn't call this... You know, a mean move from Mercer Island. It's really their only option. They're not going to punt from the 29. And Fahey has Catano to his left. Three receivers on the near side. One receiver alone on the far side. Here comes Catano shifting over to the left. Fahey's going to look down the middle. He's got number 16. Davis wide Johnson. open. Wow. There goes Johnson. He already has a touchdown in this ballgame. And now he gets a huge first down there. Not necessarily for the score because the Islanders have this secured, but it does get down to the seven-yard line, and the Islanders are knocking on the doorstep of a 40-burger. I would love to see that happen. I think as would all the Islanders within the stadium. Probably not the Highlanders, but the Islanders, not the Highlanders. 110%. And looking at everyone on the sideline, you know, with all the injuries and the adversity that Mercer Island is had to go through this year how well we we've played tonight is absolutely a testament and here goes Vince Catano crossing, his team. crossing the goal line into the end zone does a little skip there and that's Vince Catano the junior his second touchdown of the day and one final oh my am I before the end of the night 335 left to go in the fourth quarter it's now 40 count them 40 points just to six making the Hazen Highlanders look like the Toyota Highlanders against, yeah. against the Ferraris oh, of Mercer tough. Island. I mean, it's 40-6. to six. I wouldn't be allowed to say that if it wasn't 40-6. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, the Mercer Island wow. Ferraris against the Toyota Highlanders. An absolute disrespectful spit roast from Gabriel Gottesman. <laughs> Love well, to see that in oh, the Oh, look at this. Here comes backup kicker number 33. Three. That's all we're going to know. J.P. Hedrick there. He was not even yeah, he's listed on the roster. for us. I believe he is a freshman. What a great kick. And that was a a bullet right down the middle of the uprights. And um, and I'll be honest, I haven't seen, I, I haven't been on the practice field in two weeks, but I haven't seen J.P. taking snaps at kicker. It was a knows? great shot down Samir the middle. Samir has been teaching him well. As it seems. No kidding. And with 3.35, it's 41-6. So we're going to stay tuned here to the end on 88-9, the bridge. So don't go anywhere. Who knows what could happen? We could have a 100-yard kickoff return right now. Who knows? Maybe a fumble. In high school football, anything could happen. So you got to stay tuned on KMIH, 9.30 p.m. here on on a Friday night, a crisp Friday night. The fans still going strong. Seems a lot of them have... Already left the field. Game uh, is Max, you oh, can't the, say that now. This is a fumbled snap drop going all oh. over the place, and a Hazen player falls on the ball there. So almost corralled there by number 
eight, Mitch Fisher. Instead, the Islanders will take over on the 33-yard line with 3.29 to go. Looking ahead for the Islanders. I guess first let's look ahead for the Mercer Island Band. For those of you listening, Sunday afternoon, the Seahawks' first home game, the band who is such an integral part to Friday Night Lights. They really set the mood for Mercer Island. They'll be performing at halftime of the Seahawks game, which is pretty exciting there as we get a handoff down the middle. Oh, a great block. And here goes Jalen Irvis across the 40-yard line of Mercer Island. A huge run there. Give it a great shot by number 24, Hudson Everton. Wow. Really glad he was back there. Or that would have been 12 for the Highlanders. 321 now to go. First and 10 from the 40-yard line. Max, what are the Islanders in this last three minutes looking to do? There's obviously nothing involving their record. They're going to get this win, but to keep the confidence going, maybe you try to keep this team out of the end zone as there's a first down run for five yards there. I mean, obviously we're already seeing a lot of substitutions. Um, our team has been pretty decimated by injuries through the third week, and getting the um, the starters off the field is definitely a priority. We're already seeing a lot of them come off. The game is already over. Jack Derner, Xander Peck, Cole Drayton on the sideline here, giving it to the younger blood of the Islanders team as they get a few reps on varsity in the final minutes and so, making sure that our few remaining players that are healthy now stay down. 2.45 to go. Will, I want to ask you, the Islanders take on Stadium High School next week, which is the set of uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Really? Fun fact, the movie. Really? Yeah, in Seattle, that's that Stadium High School is where it happens. So Interesting. That's where the Islanders will be next week. Pretty famous place. We'll see if the Islanders can make a few famous plays there. But, Will, what do you think the Islanders need to improve on the most as we see a run here by number Irvis getting across maybe to a second down and a one at the 20-yard line? Well, what's the one thing that you think the Islanders can go in after a 41-6 to lead? What can they even try to improve on going forward? I mean, just looking at this game, I really don't think there's a whole lot. The run game's been really solid. Katano's been getting open. He's been getting into the field. He's had space. Fahey's looked amazing in the backfield. Uh, the wide receivers have been just as good. The defense has been solid. I really couldn't point to any significant error that I think they could really, really work on this next week in practice to elevate their game. Um, but I think there are little things here and there that allow the other team to get some big plays, which certainly could cut down. And you could say that for any game. Um, but, yeah, there's always going to be stuff to work on. And, Max, going to you, the Islanders, you said they're a second-half team, and we said, oh, well, they've got a lead here, so maybe they, they changed that, but they definitely were a second-half team tonight. As we see a run here by number 20. Oh, he's going to get ben, to the end zone. Yeah, ben. Yeah, there we go. Ben Bradshaw getting in, so congratulations to Ben Bradshaw, the sophomore running back, makes it a 41-12 to game. For Mercer Island, still leading by a whole by a whole lot here, and uh, maybe just for any away fans, you can see the away cheerleaders for Hazen. They're getting a little excited there. I mean, good for them, good for the Hazen Islanders, I guess, getting into the end zone. That there's a few fans for Hazen. They're, they're they're slowly trickling away, trying to avoid any interactions with the rowdy Mercer Island fans. I'm sure. 
they're going to be pretty excited after this. And we'll see a two-point conversion here from Makai Whitney. A pass oh, inside. Broken up. Dropped there. And uh, number 24 for the Islanders, Hudson Everton, the player that almost made the interception on that one. Um, Max, you said they were a second-half team. They showed it here. And what do you think they need to do maybe in the first half of next game to try to change that that script that they're just a second-half team that can only turn it on after the halftime break? Now, obviously, Stadium is not going to be a pushover. And we are not playing at home. We are playing an away game at Stadium, in their stadium. And it's it's one of the nicest stadiums in America. You can't help but wonder why it's named that. But 110%. I wouldn't even call us a second-half team in this game. We were all four Both quarters. Halves, yeah. yeah, 100%. But um, we're just going to have to hit first. And with the, with the O-line damage that's been done, we're getting a lot of people back next week. But we're going to have to hit him in the mouth, get the run game going with Catano, obviously, having a big night tonight with two touchdowns. We're just going to have to get the run going and keep the tempo towards the Islanders, making sure that we're in control of the game. And we just absolutely cannot underestimate Stadium in their own stadium. And looking ahead, the week after they play Stadium, October 1st in a away game at Bellevue. So that should be a very interesting matchup as number two here for Mercer Island, Nick Chitalis on the return. Ooh, get that six yard line. Wow. It's been a long night. It's been a long night. That it has. Long day, too, you know. Radio show this morning. Radio broadcast tonight. And first week of real school for these players. Max, another question for you here. Yeah. You know, you think like, oh, you know, you watch these football players. They're football players, right? But they're also kids that have to wake up at 7 a.m. to go to school in the morning. How do you did you have a strategy after school? Maybe take a nap, as we're seeing Eli Fay here in victory formation, to really get going for the next game. Um, a hundred and ten percent. Um, it obviously depends. Before school started, um, that was actually Spencer Cornbloom taking the no. Oh, that was Fahey. Um, but yeah, definitely everybody's ritual is different. Me personally, I lost a lot of weight in the off season. Um, and before practice, I was making runs to Subway, having a meatball sub or maybe two, um, maybe two. before every practice. Wow. And definitely before games a little bit different, but obviously you get out of school at 2.53 o'clock and you only got an hour to get in transit, get home, maybe get something to eat, rest up a little bit before you got to get all your pads on and come back out here at 3.45, 4 o'clock to practice till 6. Um Report time was 5.15 today. I know a couple people, including Eli Fahey, took a nap. And, boy, does it look like he, yeah, the, the, the refreshment helped him this game. The best nap of all time. Will, for Mercer Island, we've saw, we saw some really great play from everyone. Who's the one player that you think exceeded your expectations the most this game uh, as the player that stood out maybe? In my opinion, it's got to be Garrett Rogan. I mean, I think some of those early touchdowns he had was really set them apart uh, in this game and what really determined the outcome early on. And I think without some of the amazing catches he made, especially that second touchdown, they wouldn't be where they are right now. And here come the Islanders off the field celebrating Eli Fahey, putting his hands up, signaling to the fans to get on their feet and cheer. And 
Law, this incredible performance for Mercer Island. They get in line, in formation, ready to high-five the Hazen Highlanders team. But really, this is the only time they've treated them well. It's 41-12 to is your final score here from 88-9, the bridge. For Scott Pirak, Halen Ott, Will Pellerin, and Max Taylor, I am Gabe Goddesman saying so long, and we'll see you next time.